0: This is the Joy of Geek. to the Joy of Geek Podcast. I'm Rich Laporte, Kevin Shaver. And we are here to talk about the time-honored tradition of the summer blockbuster, as well as to celebrate a particular summer blockbuster, The Incredibles 2.
1: Yeah, so um, if you've seen, like I see Jordan tweeted about it, I know he's all, I'm probably like one of the biggest Incredibles fans out there, I mean it's my favorite Pixar movie, so I've been in, had to wait 14 years for the long-awaited sequel. It's funny,
0: because I didn't, I never heard you, like, talking, like, oh, I'll do The Incredibles. Oh, but it's, that's it's just because there. we never had that conversation. Yeah, I, well,
1: I know you're not, like, as... You know, Animation. ...animated movies and yeah. stuff, but, like, oh, if you get into a Pixar discussion with me, that's going to come up first. Watch so, out. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah.
0: um, recently, uh, Pixar has gone even more into focus for gamers, because yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 mm-hmm. um, is going to have tons of Pixar worlds now. When is right? that coming out? At least three. In January, it was okay, January yeah. 29th. So that game is going to be huge, and not only that, but it's packed to the gills with. I think it's got um, Monsters Inc. in it. Yeah, it's got Toy Story in it. It's. I think there's one more.
1: Oh, Maybe... I played some Kingdom Hearts back in the day. Yeah, when was, I mean, because that was always just like universal for whether you were a big game gamer or not it's it disney just, yeah. fun yeah. period yeah yeah
0: um and it's basically just the same exact thing yeah. but like more and like better graphics and people are really excited for it so sure. anyway pixar has come into focus in sure. that way and then also incredibles 2 is just yeah. an incredible event i mean did people always expect it would eventually come what was the deal there
1: uh, yeah i mean it was uh, well and um i mean so brad bird he he's one of those that he takes a long time to make movies, which is fine, because he's brilliant at it. I mean, like... Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's really... Like, in the last 20 years, he's made Iron Giant, Incredibles, Ratatouille, um, Mission Impossible 3 or 4. I can't remember. He and Ava Roams each did one. They were back-to-back. Um, he may have done Ghost Protocol. I can't remember. But... um, And then he did Tomorrowland a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, he only makes, like, these... Uh, every here, like every few years, he you know it takes a while to work on his movies. But he's one of those kind of modern auteurs that, um, yeah, people have come to have high expectations from. And yeah, I mean, just because of the not only the success of the first one, but like you know, there are certain Pixar movies like up. I never want a sequel for it because it's too perfect on its own. Wally stuff like that, you know. But Incredibles was one of those that just kind of like blend. It was a perfect superhero movie that also set itself up perfectly for a sequel and so yeah fans have always been hammering for one um and i think i don't know if we knew it would take as long as it did but when you see how the animation has evolved in this one i think you'll find that it's well worth it was well worth the wait wow yeah oh that's
0: bold statement we'll find out more about why kevin is saying that uh when we get to that review uh in the meantime we're gonna do everything we normally do so we're gonna talk about all the latest news. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool stuff to talk about on the TV front. Yep. We will also talk about what we've been watching, slash reading, slash watching. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then we will also talk about our main topic tonight. It'll sort of be a duo. So we'll talk some yeah. Incredibles too, And then we will talk about summer blockbusters. And we're going to break down our favorite summer blockbusters of the last 18 years.
1: Yeah. The 21st century. So Because we were brainstorming ideas for this episode and I thought, you know... It's, I mean, Summer Blackwest. It's summer. It's summer, you know, there's Jurassic World out, Solo, Avengers, all these ones that... And, like, yeah, we typically review each one of those, but... I would thought well we're not gonna go see Jurassic world yeah, because sorry. we're not about it we're just but not like, about it if you you know uh, it's just not I mean I'm not gonna diss that franchise no. it's just not my franchise pretty good I'm but surprised
0: but, that you heard it because we were just talking about this pregame and you know you were saying that you had heard that it was like too self-serious and I that, that thought was more that I it, heard
1: from friends okay so I, I, okay because I, really,
0: I thought that it got stellar reviews from okay, what yeah. I saw
1: honestly um, I haven't really read much into the review side of things so
0: yeah yeah well it's not know. it's not either of our things yeah so but I thought,
1: you know, I'm like, hey, what if we took a look at some of our favorites um, since 2000, because um, the the way summer blockbusters are made and presented have changed a lot in the 21st century, Um, and I'll get to kind of that, and kind of, like, what I think about that, how it's evolved, and yeah, we just, I thought it'd be really fun to pick, like, so we're gonna pick our top three summer blockbusters of the 21st century, as well as some honorable mentions, and I'll give a little spew thing on, like, um. Yeah. How cinematic universes have changed the game, and how trilogies were a big thing at the beginning of the 21st century. All that. So I think cool. It's be a lot cool.
0: Fun. We have we have resident uh, film expert Kevin to uh, yeah. um, indoctrinate us into into the concept. We'll try. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That came out really weird. All right. So um, in the meantime, why don't we talk about news? And I yep. want to kick it off because there is a news story I'm so happy about. Yep. If you follow me on Twitter, you have seen how pumped I am about the fact that Lucifer. Season 4. Yeah. It's coming. It is official. It's in the books. It's happening. Um, Netflix has picked up Lucifer for a fourth season. Um, if you don't know, um, the story of this season is the story of The Save. It's the okay, story yeah. uh, for all these shows. It's the story of the the cancel, then renewal. Yeah. Um, there are not one, one, not two, but three shows that have had this happen, and maybe a fourth. I don't know about Timeless, but...
1: Yeah, that way I saw something about that earlier too. Yeah, like, we'll have to. I'll they're to talking about it. like a
0: movie or something. Okay, that. that's looking yeah. cl- to close down the thing. Yeah, which I'll take that. Sensei sure. recently had one of those. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. That at least your 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 story, you get a your fiction, into the story. Yeah. right? Because that's the biggest bummer about anything. So uh, back to uh, Lucifer. So the Lucifer had three seasons first season was a little short it was like 13 Mm -hmm. episodes second season i think went to 18 and the third season i think went to a full run um but the show just was picking up in popularity year over year um it's a really interesting show because it's based on uh actually its initial uh roots go back to gaiman
1: right Um, like the lucifer character that spawned from sandman
0: right um and then after that um carrie my carrie um was doing a series called lucifer that's what this is Inspired by, yeah. but very loosely. So right. basically the concept is the devil leaves hell and he goes on, you know, a joy ride in America to experience, you know, Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how, very little of that is actually taken from the story except just the idea of Lucifer's back on Earth and he's yeah. doing fucked up shit, basically. And aside from that, I don't know much about the Mike Carey run except that it was beloved. Um, sure. Not Sandman level, but beloved. Sure. Um, it's a great concept. But the thing that really makes this, much like... Constantine's a good character also but the thing that really made Constantine was that great performance right, right. in that show and not not necessarily the plot not necessarily, I mean it was an okay plot but you know what I mean like what made right, it was right. that guy and Lucifer um, what really makes this show sing is Tom Ellis who's yeah. the star and he is just phenomenal
1: oh yeah from what the episodes I have watched the show that's I mean by far the most fantastic he, aspect he
0: has these every once in a while once or twice a season he does a piano performance Oh, wow. It's him. He sang all along the Watchtower, and he has this really unique, distinctive singing voice that, like, you wouldn't expect. It's very different than yeah. what you're... You, you, I don't know. It was weird to me. It was, it's just like, I, I can't do it at all. I was about to try, but I can't. But, like... <laughs> It, it's that just, next episode, hold yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hold, <laughs> hold tight, All Along the Watchtower by Rich Laporte. Uh, but he just does this rendition of him with the piano singing All Along the Watchtower. And it's one of those things when you, you know, when you hear a cover by somebody and it reignites your interest in the song, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was that good, sure. It, and it's in its rawness, you know, it wasn't like technically phenomenal, but it's rawness and it's and it just really was delivery, impactful yes, delivery like, just, just at the like right this, time.
1: He has this perfect screen charisma. Because um, yeah, I mean, especially like I've just seen some of the first season, and it's and it's fun, but it's just kind of a traditional serialized like yeah. detective show kind of thing. Yeah, and um and I know it does get more into the supernatural stuff. As yeah, somewhat, as somewhat. Yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, his energy and charisma with the other cast members, is Chloe, just,
0: Chloe yeah. Decker, the the love interest slash uh, police officer partner, um, Amenadiel his brother who happens to be black, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, and um, and then uh, Maze, who is this? Uh, uh, she's sort of like a like a defender or a bodyguard yeah, for yeah, Lucifer yeah, yeah. who hangs mm-hmm. around. She's yeah. cool. Um, season two introduces uh, Lucifer's mother, uh-huh. um, and she is played by uh, what's the girl's name from uh, Battlestar? Um, the uh, she I plays like... yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, I can't think of her name, but but she's she's excellent. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Uh, what else is good about that show so I mean basically it is a procedural but it it has really cool uh, elements that make it I don't know. It's, it's just a fun right. show. Right. You know, sometimes when you look at a, a police procedural, whether it's related to a comic book series or not, you know, like iZombie is another example mm-hmm. of this. It's a police procedural, basically, but it's related to a comic book, you know, very Very loosely, loosely but right. Very different. But, but whether that's the case or not the case, what really makes or breaks, breaks these shows is the chemistry of the cast. So sure. How fun it is to watch them solve crimes. Sure. Um... And that show is just really fun to watch. So anyway, it's been developing a fan base, developing a fan base. Finally, season three ended on this huge cliffhanger, which, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The point is that finally Chloe gets to see what the devil really looks like, Mm. right? Mm. He shows his full form to her, and now there's no doubt that she knows who and what he is. Um, That said... They when the, sh- the show got canceled after the third season uh, on this terrible cliffhanger, and the, and the showrunner said, "Like we made it this much of a cliffhanger because we thought if we do this, there's no way they can, they cancel, can cancel us, us. right?" Yeah. And they canceled so, them. Yeah, yeah. So um, what what Fox did in a strange turn was they took two episodes that were either going to go into season three, or I think people think they were going to be they were shot for season four, but then never aired. Mm. And and what's interesting. is is and, and they played them so they played them like two weeks after the finale and then another like like over the two nights they burned them off or maybe it was okay. over two weeks something like that okay. but the point is it was a, a supposedly done so that they could sort of gauge interest in the show but also it if it is season four episodes it's back to normal I mean, it's like they don't even reference that he made this big reveal. So maybe it was stuff that came before. People are just – the point is somehow they're going to find a way to get back to the status quo of solving crimes. Right, even if right. she knows he's the freaking devil. Right. But it is a big, you know, sea, sea change in what's going on on the show. And, you know, so so basically fans were just like so devastated that it was canceled. Yeah. They had this huge Save Lucifer, Lucifer campaign. And on the 15th of this month, it was officially announced that Netflix worked out the deal and yeah. they picked it up, which is notable, one, because it's the third show now. So the same thing right. happened with The Expanse and Brooklyn, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Nine-Nine What's also too, on Fox.
1: Like, with each of those, it, the renewal took a little longer each time. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it took a day for it to get, like, yeah. and then Expanse was over a week. This was about three weeks or so. Yeah, like, yeah, so it was, it was, it was a longer time yeah. for people to wait. But, but he, still. Yeah. In all
0: three cases, though, it was an outpouring of fan support. Sure, sure. Um, just crazy campfire. Campaigns, uh, uh, all of them became number one trending topics on Twitter. I mean, like insane passion. And so my think thought on this is, we may live in an era that does not have the potential for Firefly to happen. I like yet. that tweet. Yeah, that was, right. Or, <laughs> that or, or 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 Dollhouse. I know right. those are both Whedon shows, but these are both shows that had huge fan bases that ended. Twin Peaks. Let's go way back. I sure. mean, these are shows that potentially in the modern era would not have been canceled. Almost Human is one I brought up too. Pre-game, I, I yeah. dig yep. Almost yep. Human. Yep. I yeah, dig Almost Human. I thought that show was
1: really fun. Well, and it's uh, see because the thing with like big sci-fi fantasy shows like that, it's not that they didn't have a strong fan base. It's just like like with Almost Human, for instance, it just wasn't. They didn't have enough viewership to justify the budget. It's and all that expensive. Stuff. I mean, it's a very expensive show when you've got an androids and very futuristic scenery it's and all these things. Effect It's sci-fi special effects heavy. Yeah, I mean, so, um, but it's just cool to see. That's like, yeah, you're in the age of Netflix and Amazon, Hulu, yeah, there are more streaming services saving would be canceled network shows. Right.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. really exciting news. Sure. I am pumped. Save Lucifer has now become Lucifer Lives. Yeah. So.
1: Cool. All right. What else you got all for all us on right. the news front? It. So um, kind of continuing on the horror um, edge there a little bit is, um, so did you know that there is going to be um, a sequel to The Shining? Well, they're the, the book's um, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, did yeah, yeah. It's movie adaptation. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, so it's getting a game movie adaptation, and Ewan McGregor is playing adult Danny Torrance um, in it, so it's officially happening. Okay, um, all and right. And Mike That's Fennick, the son? The what?
0: Uh, and he is, I'm not super familiar with Ewan the Ewan McGregor? The yeah, what? but the character.
1: Oh, Danny Torrance. He's the son. Okay, which, oh, yeah, I was. Zach, saying Tornis. the son. Okay, he's, he's the son. General. So, um, yeah, yeah. So he's playing the adult version. It's called Doctor Sleep. Mike Flanagan is directing. Who we've talked about. He did um, Gerald's Game and John um, plankton the one I really like. Um, dang it! I'm John. Like he's done a lot of. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Hush. Yeah. yeah the, um. So like he's very acclaimed horror director today. Um. Let me read the because I've not read the book yet. I want to. I know Cliff is a big fan of it. Um our friend Cliff Bumgartner from Internet Technic. Um, but let me see. So fan well, of this book or a fan of Shiny in book, general? Yeah. Okay. Well, not, I mean King in general too, but because like, King wrote the book as well and um and he's signed off on the movie and everything and agreed to it, but he
0: signs off on a bunch of garbage. He does too, sign off so.
1: but he has deemed his support for this one. So Good. um so basically, yeah, it follows adult Danny Torrance, who's Traumatized by the past of his murderous father, um, and um, as well as his shining powers, which is, you know, his big thing in the book and the movie. Those powers return when he embraces sobriety and uses his gift to help the dying at a hospice. He establishes a psychic connection with a young girl who shares his extreme abilities and who is being targeted by a group with similar abilities. They found that their powers grow if they inhale the steam. That comes off others with the power to shine when they are suffering painful deaths. So, very keen guess. I don't know. It sounds like
0: it's gotten to be like super uh, tropey, not in a bad way, but like it's gotten really sci-fi.
1: Well, the thing is, like in the, I mean, I read the Shining novel after I had seen the movie. I mean, and it's very different. It's different. Well, it's like well. It, so in the movie, you see kind of all the hints of the supernatural stuff, but they don't really explain it. It Doesn't become a book. sci-fi film, yes. yeah. In the book, it goes or more horror. into the supernatural stuff and all that. So, um, so I think this is uh, like I think going into this movie, is supernatural best, is like, the better
0: word. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Like so, I w- I'm definitely gonna read *Duck Sleep* before I see the movie, but. Um, but I mean, I love Ian Mcgregor. I love Mike again so I'm very excited about this one. Nice. Um, so I, they didn't say a release date in this one, but uh-huh. it's officially in production. Speaking I mean, of early. which,
0: what are we? What's the uh,
1: current status? Do you know of it too? They've casted all of them. Um, the, they, the, I mean, the only big name, the, they were like the three big names were Bill Hader, um, James McAvoy, and Jessica Chastain. Right. The others were not like I think because originally everyone wanted like all big names for all of them. The rest were kind of I, well. I was not as familiar with. Sure. So like, um, like Chris Pratt is not playing, you know, older Ben or anything like yeah. that. But they have full cast them all. You want to you know it when it's today, coming? um, the, It'll come out next, I want to say August or September or something. It'll be next fall. Fall oh, okay. um, 2019. But yes, they've, they're starting. I think they may have already started production. Or if they haven't, it's going to be this summer that they start shooting and everything. But That's- yeah, it is fully casted. Um, but yeah, I didn't recognize the, some of the names beyond those three. Um, but yeah, it's I mean they've got all the adults casted. Um, it's interesting. Bill Skarsgård is back, of course. So speaking yeah.
0: of casting, um, the woman's name I was thinking of is Trisha Helfer.
1: Okay, cool. from Battlestar. Cool. Right, 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 right. Uh, cool.
0: Who plays his mom? Uh, with uh, real, real, really talented. Very she, cool. she is really good in that role. Okay. Very cool. It says in this article here that we got the date, but why is it not showing it here? Uh, That's type
1: it chapter two cast.
0: But. Uh, yeah, well. Oh, here we go. September yeah. sixth, twenty nineteen. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. And the cast is um Jessica Chastain's Bever Marsh. Um James McAvoy is Bill Denbro. Um Bill Hader plays Richie Tozier. Uh, Jay Ryan will play the adult version of Ben Hanscom.
1: Yeah, i Who really was didn't played know. as a
0: child, yeah. Um, James Ransone will play the adult version of Eddie Casprack and yep. Andy Bean. Maybe they just only had enough money to hire three really famous. I people. mean, I
1: really don't mind that they didn't go with all of the like well-known because like I don't, I don't care if they were all sure, not sure, well-known. Sure. You know, the movie doesn't the movie stands on its story. Sure, but um, yeah, like no Idris Elba or anything for. What um, uh, Mike or anything, But like, geez, you know. people are fucking demanding.
0: People are like I want Idris Elba and Chris Pratt. Yeah. In my in my it movie, the two I mean, like they really those cool. are fifteen
1: mil a piece. Those yeah, actors, 15 man, fifteen mil a piece. But like, I'm very happy, especially with Jessica Chastain. That was just like, oh, they couldn't cast uh, that better. She like and sure. and she's worked with the director before. Um, so yeah, that was perfect. Nice. But um, so yeah, that's like I said. Um, and Doctor Sleep, I, I'm in for it. that. Sounds really cool. Um, Excellent. So yeah, I did not see a re- release down there, but. Mike Flanagan, like I said, is become. I mean, he's had the deal with Netflix or working. What's on his?
0: What is his? How do I know Mike Flanagan? What's like I said, Hush thing? and uh, oh, Gerald's right. Game. Oh, right, uh, right, right, right. So right, he's right.
1: just become a really great modern guy, and I think Stephen King really liked Gerald's Game, and yeah. So I mean, I am very happy with the idea of him making more Stephen King adaptations. Stephen King
0: seems to really like anything that critics really like. Though yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. like, oh, you guys think Gerald's Game's a really good adaptation? <laughs> Me too. I love Mike Flanagan. But Mike's
1: Vorkan is brilliant. Though. I mean, I'm I, like sure. I said, Hush. I'm sure is a, he is. I'm like, sure he is. Gerald's game is an intense movie. I I can't say I enjoy. You don't it love it, as, it much. as
0: much as say Jordan loved
1: it. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's very well done. It's just like it's not one I would say is enjoyable and like it's pretty intense. You int-
0: mean you didn't disturbing. bust out the popcorn and sodas and like yeah, back exactly. and Just have have fun. Well,
1: it's like I mean, whereas Hush is a very entertaining horror. I mean, like it's intense, but like it's a kind of like cat and mouse game between. Um, this woman who's deaf and mute and the serial killer at her door, and it's, it's fun, like, I mean, and it's just, like, really well done. He does an amazing job with, like, so little dialogue and all these different filmmaking techniques to really capture the intensity and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really like this idea of, of him doing another King adaptation, so... So um, yeah, that is Doctor Sleep.
0: Well, you know, Stephen King also just has a new book out. It uh, came out on May twenty second called okay. uh, The Outsider. And okay, yeah, I've like heard about it. Looks
1: like it's more of
0: a more of a um, I don't know. It looks it looks a little bit like crime and investigation. It says yeah. it says an unspeakable crime, a confounding investigation. Hold on. At a time when the King brand has never been stronger, he has delivered one of his most unsettling and compulsively readable stories. An eleven year old boy's violated corpse. Make sure that corpse is violated
1: now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they you, don't, violated. you don't want to have an unviolated corpse. Can't have yeah, it. Yeah, no, Can't have no, it. No,
0: no. Um it's found in a, a town park. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Eyewitnesses and fingerprints point unmistakably to one of Flint City's most popular citizens. He is Terry Maitland, little league coach, English teacher, husband, and father of two girls. Detective Ralph Anderson, whose son Maitland once coached. And probably molested. I'm just kidding. I just know how these books go. Orders uh, a quick and very public... It's not funny, but for the record. Orders a very public... Quick and very public arrest. Maitland has an alibi, and Anderson... But Anderson and the district attorney soon add DNA evidence to go with the fingerprints of witnesses. Their case seems ironclad. As the investigation expands and horrifying answers begin to emerge, King's propulsive story kicks into high gear, generating strong tension and almost unbearable suspense. Can you bear it? I can't. Because I can't eat you. No. Terry Maitland seems like a nice guy, but is he wearing another face? When the answer comes, it will shock you, as only Stephen King can. Dun-dun, The Outsider, released on May 22nd from
1: some some publisher. King's interesting in that regard because, like, I mean, obviously, he's known as the horror king, but I've read literary fiction by him mm-hmm. that I think is better than a lot of his horror. Which
0: so, like, what would you consider that? Like the, like the books? one that
1: Shawshank is based on, and oh, then Rita Hayworth, um, yeah. And then I I have a collection of like novellas, So it has that one. It has um, oh, for, um, the, the one where he has his like Nazi neighbor and stuff. Like, is that yeah. you talking
0: about different seasons? Yes. At pupil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At
1: pupil. yeah. 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 So I mean I really like you know I mean so I I'd be interested in that you know yeah. I mean he's one. got
0: so many so many books that I oh, want to yeah. read like he did this one called Joyland I think which is mm-hmm. sort of like a like a like a mystery horror book it was right. at least right. like from a like a pulp Publisher, Oh uh-huh. I, I have it at home. I just you know, haven't sure. gotten to it yet. There's so much stuff There's to all, consume. Uh, I wish I had a whole time. library. Anyway, so. Stephen King, so F, F- T right. W. You and McGregor right.
1: are starring in it. That's pretty awesome. So cool. Um, the next one, another TV. I don't know if you knew this, but um, so you've read some of Invincible, correct, Kirkman's Oh yeah, yeah, first yeah, yeah. five. So I don't know if you Long knew this, ago. but. It's being developed into an animated series at Amazon.
0: Is it really? Yeah, what a
1: great you know, fit! I think that's perfect. That's a life. perfect fit because I—I'll be honest. I've not read it yet. I've yeah, read Walking a Dead podcast an and I—I re, read the first issue of his newest book, *Oblivion Song*. Um, recently, how is that? It's kind of so. It's interesting. Just for the record, like,
0: anybody who's listening, uh, Kevin just pulled a face. It was. Well, it didn't look like a happy face. No, I,
1: I'm interested in reading a more. It's face. like so. Well, the thing is, so Robert Kirkman like with his other books they're whether you like them or not I mean I enjoy his a lot they're very straightforward Walking Dead is you know a classic zombie yeah he's, Outcast he's, is very he's um, an
0: everyman like you've never believed yes, like exactly. he became incredibly famous and he is great at telling a story but like he doesn't even really know how to spell like he's very basic yeah yeah Um, and, and yet a brilliant storyteller sure but he, yeah you're absolutely right so him
1: going but, into, into more complex areas is interesting Oblivion song is like you read the first issue and you're like and we were talking about those at comic shop we're like what did I just read you know what I mean it's post-apocalyptic, there's this monster, there's a sort of Mad Max-ish vibe to it. The art is mind-blowingly good. Interesting, so he's going um, more sophisticated very, for sure. I think it is, but it's one of those where, like, I'm gonna need to read the first arc to really give it my opinion, because you can't really gather what's going on. That. It feels, like, yeah, I mean, it's just the title, Oblivion Song, like, it's like when you, you, you listen to, like, I mean, you're a big music guy, so you listen to, like, um... Sort of an alternative song or something where you don't really know what it's talking about, but it just has a certain feel to it that uh-huh. you might like or yeah, something. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. It's like, okay, Could I Good way read this. to describe it. I like it. Yeah. It's like it's I a like mood this, piece. A mood, exactly. Mood theme. So it's not a straightforward story this time. And, and I'm excited to see that. And I mean, and he has it planned for a very long time because. I don't think he's ever done anything short, but um, yeah. But um, it's an interesting... So I'm definitely going to read more of it once the first trade comes out. I'm going to pick it up. And yeah. It might be one of those is, things
0: that once it fleshes out with five that's, issues... That's a thing. So, so from yeah. from Kirkman so far, aside from things like Marvel Zombies, we have yeah. um, Invincible, we right. have The Walking Dead, we have Outcast, Outcast mm-hmm. and we have
1: this. Yeah. And that's really it, right? Yeah. As far as, like, main series? Main stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um. So interesting. That was really interesting. And, well, and he... Signed the deal with Amazon, like I think it was about a year ago. God, so that guy. I mean, he like, is
0: so impressive. Yeah, what he has done, you know, with his talent. I mean, just taking yeah. this talent for story for base level human storytelling, right? And just like turned it into this just ridiculous career. Now, granted, some of that is lightning striking, like that show, right. Walking Dead, taking off. Like season one of that show, people tell me isn't even really good.
1: I see. I I'll actually say I like season one some more than some of the other. And then like, you've
0: heard that though. People I have say it, it's yeah, boring yeah. and it doesn't yeah, go I've anywhere. And, sure, I've heard um, that, yeah. And it's not that well made and, I, you know, that kind of stuff. And But then so people may say that, but that show has, I mean, at one point, at least like last year the year before, yeah. um, it was the number one uh, TV series in the world or right, something right. like that. I mean, something stupid Sure, like that. sure, sure. So.
1: Network show at least. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's... I mean, even though I haven't read it this well yet, I do want to... Especially now that it's ended. So it ended after 15 years with 144 issues. Well, I didn't know um, he ended like anything ever. five something volume, something like that. Um, and, um, yeah, it's... I mean, it's really interesting they came to a conclusion. But I think just based on what I know about the series and what, you know, seeing the art and stuff, I think an animated, serialized format is absolutely perfect for that. Um, and because before this announcement... It was originally being talked about as a live-action movie by Rogan and Goldberg, um, which, they, you know, they've done Fincher in the comic book world before uh, with things like Green Hornet, which was a massive failure. But um, but And then they're doing Preacher now. But um, I think this is going to be a better fit for it. So it's going to be like... I think they said the first season's going to be like hour-long episodes, eight episodes, I think, something like that. Um, so I think with that format, they're going to have a lot of time to tackle... The scope of this book um you can tell, do you want to tell a little bit about it because you read the first at least, few volumes i think um yeah
0: so basically it's a him versus um it's a him versus his dad thing right so his i mean you'll find
1: that out real soon right so, right not his a spoiler, superhero super like, villain. Though. okay well yeah but, and, but little, like yeah.
0: and then it evolves the relationship it's complicated yeah um, so it's a it's a it's a really interesting um, book that I enjoyed. It just wasn't enough to keep me
1: reading, but sure, sure. It. Um, you don't want to sit down and read twenty five volumes of uh, uh, it's, well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just don't feel like there's enough meat on that bone. Sure, sure. or Something on some level, um, but I know. I mean, the fact that it kept running, that maybe it. Ha- I mean, maybe it evolved after that. I don't know, but um, it's definitely one I want to check out at least before the show comes out. I don't know when it is supposed to because it just got announced, but. Um, Kirkman will be an executive producer. He's got, I know there was um, the Teen Titans animated series that I grew up on. One of the guys who worked on that will be serving as showrunner. Um, so I think that's a really good um, vibe for it. But no casting announcements or anything like that. But that's, yeah. I, I would watch that. Yeah.
0: You yeah. know, there's something about a cartoon of that I think I would watch. Sure, sure. Now, there was a, this shows how much I was into it at one point, there was a digital comic. Okay. Made of Invincible oh, back wow. in the okay. day that I watched and enjoyed tremendously. Remember that Arrow and digital comics were like a thing. I
1: was actually talking about that at the comic shop yesterday with people. and like, I never got into those. Like, like I mean, well, there like,
0: weren't that many.
1: I know there, there were like, like, fifteen. Total. They did one of Joss Whedon's Astonishing X Men. Like, they the did mo- the motion comics. They I did. Just, That's what it I is. Motion, get comics. motion comics. And I. Yeah. They're
0: doable. To do What's good about them is that they're that you can just kick back and watch. You them, can experience a comic without holding it, without reading it, without getting sleepy or. But I like holding. And other I know. You so yeah, know. so it's
1: like yeah. I'm just talking um, about as an as an no, alternative, I know yeah. like, And there were I mean there was a time where that was like um and like, I mean Inception on the Blu-ray it has a um motion comic on the special features there that go into like a little bit kind of like as a prequel right before the movie starts. So I mean I know there was a time where that was a thing, but I think it got it didn't last terribly long, but um but it's an interesting way to experience comics for sure. So yeah. um huh. so yeah, that's invincible. And on that note, one um, or story which Jordan had—I had read about it right before Jordan texted us, but I think you would be excited about this. Do you hear the Vertigo relaunch. Do you hear about? It? I I
0: can hardly believe it. We need to go through it because it's—I yeah, I I actually haven't—I heard about it, but I hadn't heard about the specific book. So, so oh yes,
1: I did. I read through them roughly, but can we go through them? Sure, now? sure. All right. So basically, Vertigo, um, after going through some shakeups, and you know, it's DC's long running adult focused imprint um, let me, kind
0: let, me of, let me give let me give a quick, ahead, quick thing on this i'm a huge vertigo fan vertigo sure. got me back into got me into comics what i watch? i excuse me i saw um, how big a deal Watchmen was sure. in in the lead up to the movie. Sure, Red Watchmen, and then the next thing I did was dive into Vertigo hardcore. Right. Um, and Karen Berger is single handedly responsible for I'd say fifty to sixty percent of the influence that led to create her own comics today. Yeah, yeah. Um, we wouldn't she, have the image boom like we do today without her, her work. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then you know Shelley Bond after her, and you know it's. Or she was her protege for a while, and then right. later Karen Berger left, quote-unquote. Sure. I You know, probably was let go because of who knows what reason. The point is, DC has not been handling Vertigo like it should. Yeah, um, They have been, you know, Vertigo has had some trouble because of the image boom keeping creators. Because Vertigo is a DC imprint, and they, they really have, they've held on tight to the concept of, they maintain your film rights. Uh-huh. They ma- they keep a... You know, you, you don't... It's not like they're just a publisher and you do everything and then you take the money. They take a big cut. They own part of your rights. It's like a very different model. Right. And creator-owned people you know there's no reason not to go to image if you have a name already so all the big names left and went there um and then they did a little bit of you know shelly bond did a little bit of shopping around and finding some new names and bringing them up through vertigo which is always what vertigo did great but really dc has just been treated them like the red red redheaded stepchild you you were joking with me a couple years ago when young animal was announced and i was just like holy shit So Vertigo is like treated like garbage and young animal rolls out. I mean, it's just Vertigo is so great. There's so many great books. It's such a storied legacy. And even still books like Hinterland and um, I can't even think of it. The one about um, uh, the travel to an alternate dimension and I, I can see it in my eye. Anyway, there's so many books on the Vertigo line that I love and loved and it was just going down in flames. They were yeah. canceling every book after two or three issues. Unfriended, I love. Okay, yeah. You know, just supporting them even in their really big slumps. I'll be talking Fable about it. Fable
1: is them. Yeah, Fable. I mean, Fable. Fable is... Fable... Fables... It's, I'll be talking about it in a little bit. Um, have you read Trillium by Jeff Lemire? It was a graphic I novel. I have it, but I, I haven't read it. So I read that on the... I'll be talking about that in a little bit, but yeah. That, I yeah. believe
0: Amvamp is Vertigo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. And I could just go on and on and on and on and on. So anyway. The fact that they're relaunching it and giving it an actual push is great. I wish it didn't happen in the wake of getting rid of their most talented executive producers/slash editors. Yeah, but I'll take it. Right. You know? So anyway, that's that's a little backstory. Sure. On. So they Swamp are coming. Thing, back. Len Wein. Yep. Uh, 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 um, Sandman. Sandman. They that, they single handedly well, launched uh, what's his name's career. Damon.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Damon's career. I mean. One. Well, so that was interesting too. Is like. It was interesting before this announcement came out that they're kind of back on the rise. With they're going to be doing five books at the end of this year, and then three more next toward the beginning of next year. Um, they uh, not too long ago they announced a new lineup of Sandman books, which. You Neil know, Gaiman's mm-hmm. kind of supervising. Okay. Um, and did he
0: then, ever finish Overture, do you know? Yeah, he did Overture,
1: yeah. It, it actually came out? Yeah. Like, all of it? Yeah, Because yeah. he was, t- I mean, it was years. It took a while, yeah, yeah. I but mean, it, I don't
0: blame him. It's when it's you have something that's that beloved, to, it's sure. very hard to, to do. Sure. Go
1: ahead. Um, but yeah, you know, that he did finish that, and there's a new lineup of Sandman books, too. Cool. Um, but, so this one, I, I just want to kind of, I'll kind of run through them quick. I mean, we could probably go into Yeah, in yeah, Border before. Town. We've got a Border Town from Eric M. Squibble and Ramon and and I guess the idea
0: is when a crack between the border between worlds releases an army of monsters from Mexican folklore into the small town of Devil's Fork the residents blame the ensuing weirdness the shared nightmares on god dang illegals okay so it's a a political statement done through monster
1: tropes yep Right. so that's in September okay. in October we've got have that one. Um, Hex Hexwives. Hex Wives Wow. Ben Blacker I love Ben Blacker Ben Blacker is the host of the Nerdist Writers Panel yeah.
0: I have been loving the, the Nerdist yep. Writers Panel for many many years I love that podcast he is the, and then he has the comics as yep. well um, so him
1: and artist Mirka and Dolfo. I hope I'm not butchering that
0: I'm in um, I'm glad he's getting up. respect the yes. guy's talented he really is he invented something called the Thrilling Adventure Hour he which is
1: Thrilling Adventure Hour and then his comics like he's done Star Wars Spin and he's written some Star Wars kids novels, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah he,
0: they even had him working on some other bigger projects. Right, I mean, right. he's, he's he's always had like they've given him opportunities. He did one of those um those those graphic graphic novel things. Him and Ben Acker, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah, yeah, partner, yeah. Uh, his writing yeah, partner. Yeah. They did one of those. Those books, it was like a like hardcover Marvel books that yeah. were like X Men was one of them right, by right. Hopeless and right. those kind of books. I think that was X Men the one they did. Anyway, they did one of those Wolverine sure. or There was Wolverine I think they did. Sure, well, yeah. Anyway, one of those. So they've been given all these projects as sort of like tryouts, and it looks like I think this like, will
1: be like his big like
0: launch because they tried series, to do a yeah. thrilling adventure hour. Um, Comic, comic series yeah, there were two yeah. actually uh-huh. um, and Beyond Belief and another one but anyway I hope this turns out because it looks good this, yeah
1: Hexwise so, Coven of Witches with vast magical power brainwashed by men to become subservient housewives only to discover that their, sub- their suburban lives are a lie awesome um, so, yeah. oh I'm in Serialist, in all in way. In, yep. in October no, you said no that's October I'm in um, November we've got American Carnage, Carnage by Brian, Hill, Brian Edward of Hill of DMZ fame yep Leandro Fernandez, um, biracial FBI agent who can pass as white infiltrating a gang of white supremacists to investigate the death of a fellow agent. In. Yep, that one I'm in. um, And then December. Ooh, Goddess it Mo, looks so good. Zoe Quinn and Robbie Rodriguez, um, set in a near future where a powerful AI, this has you all written all over it, manages all of humanity's needs only for the tech support in charge of monitoring its systems, to discover a secret cyber world where female superheroes fight to save the cheat codes to reality from being stolen by horrific monsters. So we got... Oh my God, September yes. to December. Those are the five coming Three this year. of
0: which I'm game for. Right. Current. wait, wait. Hex Wives, what's the... Th- oh yeah, no, there's, there's Hex Wives looks good. American Carnage looks pretty good and Goddess Mode is like a hell yes. Right. Oh, what's
1: this? Now the three... Oh, let me run through the three coming... Um, they've not set dates, but early 2019. Rob Sheridan and Barney Bubagenda. Barney Bubagenda did um, the book with Tom King, um, space opera. God, why am I, um, why am I drawing complete blank? Dang it! Um, space opera. The one that. Um, oh yeah. Omega Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is his work is phenomenal. There, high level, a post-apocalyptic story about a smuggler tasked with bringing a supposed child messiah to the mysterious mythical city of High Level. Sounds Matrix. Sounds awesome. I'm in. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That,
0: that one in Goddess Mode sounds similar yes. and amazing. I know. Mean, this is the kind of Vertigo that I love. Yes. And by the way, um, Robbie Rodriguez, we didn't mention this on Goddess Mode, but he he did um, Spider Gwen, but he also did that other book that I was trying to remember the name of from Vertigo. It's uh, anyway, I still can't okay, think of it. Yep. Go ahead.
1: Um, Safe Sex by Tina Horn and Mike Dowling, a dystopian thriller set in a future where the government regulates and controls sexual pleasure, leading to an underground resistance led by sex workers. Um, sounds kind of up your beauty alley, so that's like, yeah, yeah, I am in. Yep, so in. And then finally, Mark Russell and Richard Pace's Second Coming, which sees the Son of God return to modern day Earth because God hopes Jesus will learn a lesson in godliness from the Almighty superhero Sunman, only for Christ to discover that the message of his gospel has become horrifically twisted in the years since his crucifixion. Don't know what to make it's of a that. Preacher-y. But, like, yeah, very much. Um, but I mean, regardless, I think. All these are... Yeah. You know, these by
0: books, the way, that book is called Federal Bureau of Physics, the one okay, I was thinking okay, of yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. Just gorgeous grap- sure. uh, graphic uh, storytelling. Sure. Um, that was a vertical book that I enjoyed a lot. Robbie Rodriguez did that sure. one as well.
1: So this will all be helmed by editor Mark Doyle, big name of DC. Big He's deal, also right? doing the... Um, we talked about in a previous episode, the, what was it, Black Label, which is another DC imprint they're pulling out in the What's fall. What's that about? That one is the one where it's like kind of like... Darker but self-contained superhero stories, so Snyder and, um, is it Romita Jr., I think, doing a Batman book? Um, let's see, no, no, Miller, Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. doing Superman 1. Um, I, I want to say it's Snyder and maybe a couple, I can't remember who whose artist is for the Batman one. Mm. Um, and then, um, Kelly Sue doing a Wonder Woman um, working okay. doing a Men. Okay. so just kind of like darker, self contained nice. stories. Nice. Um. Cool. So yeah, Mark Doyle. So yeah, I mean, there's not much I have to say other than that. Then yay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and, hip, I mean, hip, if great. it makes it even better for you, I mean, like, young animals kind of going on a hiatus because of is that, it? So, yeah, yeah. Is it really? I mean, I don't know. It's not like dead, but like they, they're kind of taking. I mean. But I, don't, it's I weird, got a though. twinkle in my eye. Well, it's weird though because Way's going to be back at the November show this year, and so like, so I like, he's like their dude. I don't know what he's, he's, know what he's doing. Like, I'll tell you
0: what he's doing: but, cashing in.
1: Well, cashing but, in on but his but reputation as an emo singer. But if they're not doing like Young and Animal, so know, what? He, he's he, well, they on, weren't,
0: he wasn't doing jack shit back when he was at the first one. He was like, so I did Umbrella scene. Academy two years ago. What's up? Here I am at the Comic Con. That's what it was. What he was doing there. Oh, then he got Young Animal, which is a huge freaking bomb. And now, I mean, now you've just informed me, and I'm super happy to hear there's it. a huge... But he is headache. getting the Umbrella Academy Netflix series, so, yeah. And that makes me want to die. But, yeah, you know, but... what are you going to do? You win some, you lose some.
1: <laughs> so let's just focus on the positive. Vertigo is coming back. So awesome. Awesome. Um, no, that... it's all positive. Because... Right. The, oh, yeah. No, it's great. So um, those are the only big news stories. One other tidbit, though, I did want to mention. Okay. So um, I don't really watch much late night TV anymore, like I, like Fallon, Seth Meyers, all that. But like um, I use two more now. I feel like I'm an old man because I go to bed earlier. And like I, but I did see, and I'm glad I caught this before, like on Twitter, in time to watch it. But I watched, I did watch this live on Hotel. Do you know who was on Seth Meyers recently? This gives us a lot of like validity in our culture. Tom King. That was actually on the yeah he about it, what because Batman and Catwoman's wedding is coming in Batman issue fifty, but like that, but yeah, he that's was how stuff. much critical mass it's reached. Well, Seth Meyers is more of a nerd, like, and has been like I, yeah, but, I really appreciate it. he's brought on Jeff Johns before too. He brought him on at the beginning of Rebirth. Um, there've probably been other comic. Well, the thing is too by, though.
0: So I was at um. Our, at the mall where yeah. I never go. But uh, if so, but I needed to go to the uh, Apple store to get sure. my battery replaced because sure. Apple batteries die. Sure. And um, while I was there, I was at Barnes & Noble killing time and I saw not one but two different people, normal people walking around with like a couple books uh-huh. and a comic. Yeah. Like things have changed. Yeah. We all because. knew that they had but like they're even going further. You know what <laughs> I always the, say.
1: A couple normal people actually carrying out a comic book. What is this?
0: Comics <laughs> are... Fringe. When yeah, you talk about yeah. comics, they are they sell fifty thousand, a hundred thousand copies. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions and millions of people go to movies and watch TV shows. Sure. The the scale is so dramatically different. Sure. But because of the MCU and DC and all of this stuff happening, Deadpool, it's gotten to the point now where it's reaching. It's like I still wouldn't say critical mass. Yeah, but but it's, it's getting there. Getting there. Yeah. Amazingly. Sure. So like comics are actually. Almost mainstream. Right, right. I mean it's 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 so it's close. Dirt, yeah. Um
1: and, and, and which or is, more which is mainstream than they used to be. Yeah. They certainly are that. And even that even if it's not as mainstream, like the stigma toward reading comic draft novels isn't there like yeah. it was. Usually. My
0: parents are not shitty in any way like that. They let me play video games. They're not at all like anti like oh you're gonna rot your right. brain. They're not those kind of people. Sure, sure. They were just they just thought of comics as, as just why would literary you read a comic? Candy. Why yeah, would yeah, you read? Yeah, 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 right. Why would you eat candy? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And rot your teeth, and why would you rot your brain with? Not that's not, not harshly, sure, but, sure, just, but there's just like, no reason to pick it, it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Now with the with the like that's why Watchmen was the thing that was my my crossover mm. drug. You know, it just was like, oh my god, this is as literary as anything I've ever read. It's brilliant. Sure. Um. Anyway,
1: yeah. So that was really cool. I got to watch that interview live. I mean, it was you know just short five minutes, but. Um, yeah, you got to talk about Batman Fifty, Mister Miracle, um, and he's just a cool dude. He was thought talk- he and I met um, him a couple times. so have you. Uh, yeah, yeah well, No, I've not yet. He's. I'm gonna meet him like probably, he's gonna be at SuperCon um, in a month, so he'll be here. SuperCon, so, Raleigh SuperCon. It's oh. like a. It's sort of Wizard World esque, but not quite. Not huh. like that. Like it's more media esque, like media guests and stuff. Cool. But um, but they actually they have him, Tim Seeley, a few other should be there this cool. year. So yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, well, the funniest part of that interview was um, he said he went to, like, the uh, career day at his kid's school. And he's, uh, and he's like, yeah, this is going to be so cool. I get to go in and say I write Batman. I used to be in the CAA, all that stuff. And after he did his old spiel, the uh, kid raised his hand and was like, do you write Spider-Man, too? I'm like, uh, and uh, he's like, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. But that was really cool. I'm like, hey, you're getting, a like, you know, a celebrity in our minds actually being portrayed as a celebrity on you know a show like that's happening so yeah that's pretty cool so that's all for news excellent oh, yeah. cool. excellent
0: cool um well i believe that brings us to what we've been watching sure. um and in that context i have like a couple things but my things are mainly things that i've seen before slash aren't okay. new okay um i'm gonna start with seinfeld
1: Really? Um, okay. Yeah.
0: So All I right. have been watching Seinfeld. Um, watched the first three seasons. Do you seasons. ever watch it live? Not or... really. So okay. here's the thing about Seinfeld. I always knew it was a thing. Yeah. I'm not a sitcom fan, but I'm yeah. now in a mode where I need, for a certain reason that I don't want to go into here, something fun to watch. I mean, something I, yeah, that's I, I, not something that's not heavy, that doesn't have violence, sure. that doesn't have intensity, um, and it's bite size. Yeah. So um, a friend of mine is watching that series, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and has sort of pulled me into that. And then we have been watching that. And then that segued into, like, why don't we check out Seinfeld? Right. Um, and, man... Seinfeld's great. Oh, have just, you I ever mean,
1: seen it? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I oh, yeah. mean, have you seen my, it all? Is what I mean not all, but I mean, my dad is a huge Seinfeld fan, so he's seen every episode and like still quotes it regularly. I just can't. Office believe Office was my Seinfeld, yeah. Up, so like, I've seen every op- uh, episode of Office multiple times, but I, yeah, I've seen enough of Seinfeld to like. The thing
0: you know, about Seinfeld that I can't believe is the vocabulary, the concepts. Yep. It, it, it's so un sitcom like and it's a right. sitcom and yet it hit critical mass in its heyday it had like its finale had like 67 million viewers and yep. that's when tv was a different beast right but right. in its in its regular run it was averaging 27 28 million people watching it that's critical mass by any standard yet it uses crazy words um, like anathema mm-hmm. and things like that that I just like can't believe I just heard no, them. Jerry Seinfeld
1: are just geniuses. They are geniuses
0: at yeah. making high level vocabulary and clever jokes about subtle human interactions. Yep palatable to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I just okay. am shocked by how brilliant that show is, and yeah, I'm the latest dude to the party ever. I'm so late that the tablecloth has been removed and is in the washing machine.
1: So maybe in, but, like, 15, 20 years, you'll start Office, Yeah. You know, and be like, I've seen most wow. of The Office. Really? Okay. I, yeah, I've okay. seen the
0: first three or four seasons. It's okay. very good, but, I mean, it's not Seinfeld for me. Okay. Um, Seinfeld is, is, yeah. I mean, The Office is excellent. It's an excellent show, but, yeah. like, Seinfeld is... Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, it's 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 just... Blowing me away every time I watch it. Um, Just like anything, though, there are better episodes and not so good episodes. Sure, sure. Um, Another show that's really brilliant, like that, although I haven't seen all of it, is How I Met Your Mother. That show is yeah, just I, like, I, Yeah, I
1: mean, it's, it, it's groundbreaking in that same way. Well, there are like, certain shows. It's like my sister is a huge Friends fan, and I like Friends a lot, but I always think How I Met Your Mother is better because I've gone through the whole series of so How I Met Your Mother in order, and then I go back and watch episodes here and there, and it's just, I don't know. It, that one, probably more, I mean, as much as I have Office. How I met your mother has hit me more than anything. like I'll be watching episodes like didn't that just happen to me like I, I mean yeah. not like not as zany and stuff but like I, I, more so in the emotions you feel whether it's like some episodes are like more dead some more to Marshall but it's like it just such a good job of like whoa hitting you in the gut on those human interactions in the in, while having this ridiculous plot play out and everything you know I
0: I feel like. There are, there's almost two categories of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. One giant category of about 98% of them, mm-hmm. and one tiny category of, like, the, the amazing ones. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're almost, like, different categories. Like, I feel like Seinfeld and The Office, and How I Met Your Mother, and maybe The Good Place as it evolves. Good is good, yeah. And, um there was one other one I was thinking I'm watching of, New
1: Girl now too that's New Girl's really good but yeah, yeah. it's still in the 98% for me sure, same sure. thing with Brooklyn sure. 99. Oh, I know one.
0: Community is Community another is one these one, yeah. are shows Parks and Rec uh, Parks and Rec is right on the borderline okay. it's close right. it's, right. close. it's right. close it's probably, I probably, in, is it's probably in, the, in the in the 2% it
1: I'm probably, probably biased it just because it's just
0: so entertaining no no it is probably in the 2% because that show breaks breaks rules of sitcoms Yeah. that's kind of what I'm talking about I get what you're saying these shows are transformational they are different they are maybe it's 3% now that we're starting to put Parks Sure, sure, sure. But you get my you point. Get a, a There's minority. all these other shows. Even Cheers goes over here. Sure. Even Everybody Loves Raymond goes over yep. here. Yep. Even Big Bang Theory goes over well, here. Big Bang Theory. That's in uh, well, yeah, that's far into that. But you know what I mean? Even the shows that are massively successful, <laughs> massively successful masses love. They're like, it's like two and a, and a half men,
1: way over it's here. It's like you watch those and hilarious, entertaining. You like watching with the family or with friends or whatever. Right. But they don't punch you in the gut like probably not your mother uh, in an office. Or just make
0: you feel that that stomach-lifting feeling of, oh, my God, this show's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't have to hurt. You know, yeah. it, it can just be like, wow. Right. And and those shows give you those moments. Like, yeah. the wedding scene with Jim and Pam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and them going to the Will-O-The-Wisp or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, that, I can cry watching that scene. And yet, that show's hilarious. And and it, it totally changed the form again. Took a show from the UK Michael that barely Holly. started. Yeah. That yeah. barely started out. I mean, yeah. had one or two seasons, and yep. it turned it into something Two, that yeah.
1: transcended it completely yep. and became its own thing, like... And you know, Greg Daniels wrote at least one episode of Seinfeld. No. Right, right, right. This. I mean, you
0: yeah. know, so the point is, there's a small category of stuff that's like next level sitcoms sure. that change everything, and then I there's agree. everything else. And I think that's interesting, because I generally would say I don't love si- uh, sitcoms, but I sure do love those seven or eight shows sure. I just mentioned. And there's probably three or four more.
1: There's more, yeah, yeah, but that's a good no I, I think that's a really valid description there
0: but yeah interesting yeah. but anyway Seinfeld has really crystallized that for me okay. I always kind of cool. knew that when I watched How I Met Your Mother I was like wow yeah. this subverted the form or right. wow look what it just did there oh my god wait they just oh what no there's a callback oh wait you know I mean right. just like I, I can't even believe it the way they're juggling right. on that show anyway alright sure. what you got for us okay
1: well yeah New Girl I'll just hit on briefly but like I did just I know it. Uh, it's I never fun. watched it live so much fun. Fun. It's just hilarious. So he is hilarious. I love her as the quirky nerd that uh, and her interactions with all the other guys on there. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just hilarious. So, Who's the dude? Um, um, hey. um, was his name well Nick Miller is the character but um Jake Johnson yeah, yeah. he's great I was actually Him, thinking with the other dude too with
0: the black Max hair yes. yeah, yeah he oh, plays Schmitt. So good. Well, Schmitt
1: is just yeah oh my god
0: Schmidt's like, like if that show didn't have Schmidt if that yeah. show didn't have anybody though but mainly perfect, the three totally of systems. them yeah. the, mainly the three of them it's it's Zoe's Winston's character Winston's really funny too but Winston's like, really yeah. funny too but I think yeah, yeah. Schmidt and uh uh and Jess and, the, well, and then... well and Nick and Nick, yeah, those yeah. three are like that show.
1: Yeah, no, I this is I, really,
0: really good too. You're absolutely right. I'm not trying to dismiss him. I know. I, mean, I was, just I just feel like those
1: three are like. I get so they are like the three musketeers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that show is just like hilarious and me. So I'm done with season one of that. But like, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm watching that. Um, let's see, some comics. I hit on this earlier. Trillium by Jeff Lemire. Nice. Um, so you know like kind of the basic plot of it. Not really. Of. I I had heard of it, it's, but I forget. Sure. Um, I mean, it's, it is literally like your name all over it. Um, It's sort of, it's almost like, because he did write it, and he wrote and illustrated it um, a few years before he did Descender. It almost is like his gateway into Descender, but um it's a time travel store love story about you have a oh world, yeah. yeah world war one veteran um who's now an explorer in 1921 and then um the female is a um scientist in like the year i want to say 3797 um basically all of humanity's is almost is about to be wiped out by this alien force um earth is long gone she's a, and The way they're brought together is through... um, He goes into this temple um, on an exploration mission. Um, She discovers this, like, flower by an extraterrestrial species, um, and it kind of links them together. They're brought into the same time at first. Then they're separated, but they kind of, like, switch places, you know? Um, So, like, he's brought into her reality, she into his. Um, They swap and all that. It is just one of the... I mean... It has you written all over it in so many ways because it's interstellar. Surprises. Arthur Clark Oh yeah, I mean, like uh, yeah. There are surprises. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I mean, like. You sound I mean, a little hesitant. It's. I mean, not. That's I, not the point. Not really the point, but just like the feel of it. The. I mean, it has a classic love story to it, but it's just. Gosh, it's. I mean, it's a gorgeous book from start to finish. The
0: problem it's, I have though okay. is I, all of that sounds great, and I did buy it, and I am sure. game to read it. But I always look at it on my shelf, and I'm like, "What's gonna surprise me about that story? Hopefully, there are surprises. And again, I mean, it doesn't have to be a shocking twist. That's the thing about my I want a twist. Right, thing. Right. I just want to be surprised.
1: I think you it will be, and uh, not maybe not as much as like Interstellar. Let's say. But they're like I said. I'm comparing it a lot to that because you're gonna find a lot of parallels there with the with, um, the, with the, the the execution, the love story, the the, 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 the cross travel, over concept, crossover concept, uh, yeah,
0: all of that. I love that that dust coming up from the floor and right, is, oh, right, man, right. I love that movie.
1: I mean, I think in like like I said, as far as like his gateway to Descender, Descender has more surprises, more. It's a brilliant ongoing space opera. Trillium is a very nice self-contained eight issue miniseries. But it's just... Oh, it's so good. Like, you like, right. read it. All right, yeah, yeah, I yeah. will. I will. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: not too long a read, either.
1: Oh, it's I mean, yeah, it is. Well, it it is issues. Well, like, eight issues actually, can be really long or it can be pretty quick, you I know? I think it's... Yeah, yeah. But, um... So I definitely recommend that. But, like, yeah, I was just getting some books right before the trip and that was one of... They had the paperback there at the shop, so... Pick that up. Um, another graphic novel I yeah, read. Yeah, you're on a
0: huge Lemire kick. Like, huge. like Lemire
1: and Cates are kind of like my big ones right well, now. Cates doesn't
0: have much of a, of a...
1: Not as big. I mean, no. you can read all Cates stuff and stuff like that. But Lemire, that's a... You like I said before, it's almost, it's almost When you get Essex County,
0: right? that's when I'm going to be like, you really did it.
1: Yeah.
0: And County SSH and County, Sweet
1: Tooth are like up there. Oh, Sweet yeah. Tooth's so good. Yeah, I figured So you, right? yeah. good. Alright. Yeah. Lemire's got I mean, he's, he's pretty brilliant. I mean, whether he's writing like just writing an ongoing series for DC or Marvel, or if he's doing a creator owned either graphic novel or mega series, he's just he's just good.
0: There was a time when comic books didn't have people like Lemire and Kent. Yeah. They were too esoteric. They right. were too something. Now they welcome the man. In I their know, numbers. and I love that, you know. Even a
1: Hickman yeah. wouldn't have been in the game. Before. Right, right, right. Um so yeah, so Red Trillium, um yeah, it's you see it, cool. Um I'm grabbing it. Another I graphic out. novel read recently. Um, it's called Supergirl Being Super it's sort of like uh, sounds like
0: Supergirl being boring to me
1: uh, dude it's good stuff (laughs) like uh, I know this this one's gonna be super this one's gonna be a harder sell for you it's an easy sell for me because I love coming of age superhero origin stories Uh Um, but that's exactly what it it's a 4-issue miniseries by, written by Mariko Tamaki and illustrated by Joelle Jones who you I love have, her. You, okay I was about to say because like a, Joelle Jones has done some work on Batman recently she's doing a Catwoman series right now her name is on something she's that I that I don't remember what really it was a, so. was it Lady Killer Maybe because I was talking about the no. comic oh movie. yes, it was. I was yeah, I was it talking. was
0: the um, it was the uh, uh it's like a little book. It's, yeah, 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 I yeah. have that at home. It's yeah, a yeah, murder yeah. mystery thing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's she's, what it was. She's brilliant. So, um, yeah. Again, this might be a little harder sell for you because I know you're not as big into the Superman universe, and it's coming of age. It's very like straightforward superhero origin story. But oh, I, I thought, but I loved it though. I mean, it it's a uh, um, it's her in high school, um, just kind of figuring out stuff. It has a very classic feel to it, straightforward, but just really well done. And they haven't really, I mean, they've done Batman and Superman's origin a million times. They haven't really done a good Super Girl origin story before. This was it. So it's a very standalone separate from the main ongoing series. Um, but, if, I mean, just look at look at the art at least. It's down there on my shelf, on the, there, the last one on the right, on the bottom there. Um, I just, just at least Is look it at the art. Under b for boring? Oh my. No, I'm
0: just kidding. It's going to be a hard song,
1: But Ooh, at pretty. least, at least look at the art. It's, it's a really gorgeous yeah. book. It
0: looks a little, uh, little anime-ish, a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. That's yeah. it. So, it looks a little like the art from Morning Glories to me.
1: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's straightforward but super entertaining. Oh, so Love coming the of art. age, man! Very so coming of, age. coming of age. This book is like Lady Bird mixed yes. with Supergirl. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Which that's a very easy sell for me. Yeah, I know it's not like it's not everyone's cup of tea. But well, I
0: like some of them. Uh, you know, I have to be in the right mood for a coming of age tale. Sure, sure, big time.
1: Sure, but that's fine. Anyway, but if you like that stuff, highly recommend that. Cool, it's a four issue, um, standalone series. So
0: Supergirl being boring. Got it. <laughs>
1: oh my. Go ahead. All right, what else you got? Because I I just got. I, well. well, I've been I've been
0: rewatching The Mentalist. I okay, love cool. it. It's amazing. Okay. Um, my one big new thing that I've been checking out is a show called Marcella. Um, it is yet another British series. Um, okay. It is on Netflix. Many Season two just before? dropped. No, okay. so a so the in England they're doing a new thing lately where they do like a like a six or eight episode, sometimes five. Uh, I think Dr. Foster was five and five. But they put out a series, and if it's really popular, like a limited series, discreet, right? Just beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And then if it's huge and it blows up, they make another one. Yeah. And that person does another case. Broadchurch is a great example. Like, that's yeah. a full story, but, like, there was then a season two, which was very misguided, and then a season three, which people say is pretty good. I haven't gotten there because season two blew me out. Okay. Um, David Tennant, you know. Right, right. Million Coleman. Right. Um, so Mar- Markella, Marcella is... um. A really excellent story so the concept is there's this woman um she is it's an eight eight episode first series she when, when the series starts she's in a bathtub covered in blood and like oh my god what happened right, right. And then it says 12 days earlier right and then um, it's her trying to call her husband who has left her um she's a, uh, a sort of British white woman he's a black dude played by Nicholas Pinnock um, both of them are phenomenal in this um, and uh basically he's left um you will later find out why um but you know he just says i don't love you anymore and you know she smashes his car she goes a little bit crazy um and then um she had been on hiatus raising her kids so she finds out that some murders are happening called the grove park murders and she asks to come back to work. You know, her kids are at boarding school so she doesn't have to have them around as much. It's an interesting plot choice, get them out of the way, right? And um and so she's like I want to come back. I was a DS when I left, detective sergeant. I want to come back and work this case because it was one we never solved and I always had a theory that it was this one guy, but I could never prove it. One right, of those right. concepts, right? So she's back, she's sort of clashing with the the new brass and and trying to solve this crime. Um, In the meantime, you get this deep insight into this company called, like, DSV Construction. And it's where her husband, her, you know, estranged now husband, works um, as a legal advisor. And there's this woman, Sophie, and then her whole family kind of works under her in this construction company. She's fucking ruthless. She's the kind of person that one of the initial scenes is her and um, Marcella's husband roll up to... Um, this one building project, and they're super friendly on the face of it, and then she's just like, "By the way, I saw that you have a new relationship with uh, uh, BL Building or whatever," and uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." She goes, "And I also hear that you're giving them um, their their parts and labor uh, for thirty percent less than you're charging me," and then she he's just like, "Oh well, you know, we're just <laughs> we're just trying to like." you know, emerge into new markets and we give them a little discount. She goes, oh, okay, no problem, I understand. She goes, anyway, um, based on uh, what I've just learned about them, uh, I took the the honor or the privilege of rewriting all of our contracts. I think you'll find uh, the uh, changes uh, fair. And he's like, you can't do that to me. That'll ruin me. And she's just like this way you'll only fall one-third of the way instead of all the way down to the ground. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. You know, where she just, like, rolls up and just, like, leverages somebody, her power as being, she's like, we're 80% of your book of business. Uh-huh. You better make these changes. So she's brutal. She runs her family with the Steel Fist and her company, and it's kind of not really a line between the two. And it's all about the inner workings of this family. So we don't know how it's all going to play together, but it's starting to look like somehow this murder might, like, hit close to home in yeah, this yeah. really interesting way. But it's brilliantly accurate. Acted. The thing that got me to finally hit play is I had some time, and it was like the new season just dropped, and it looked really hot. And I was just like, this looks great. So this is what I the things have been meaning to try. Um, it's actually by the guy who did Bruin, or Brohn, which is ba- translates in, from Swedish to uh, the bridge. Um, this is very famous uh, Swedish. And this is considered Nordic noir also, even though it's uh, Brit- British-based. It's by this guy from Sweden. Okay. And, and it's it's a... The, br- the bridge, this will really give you an idea of like what it's all about. In the bridge, there is a murder, and there's a body that's left on the line. There's this bridge that takes you from like Denmark to Sweden or Norway to Sweden, I forget. And right in the middle of that demarcation line, there's a body left there so okay. that it would be half on one jurisdiction and half on the other. And then they find out that it's actually two bodies stitched together in the middle. So, like, it was somebody trying to make some kind of political statement and to get both countries involved. So it, it, much like a lot of Nordic noir, like the killing and this, it's, the idea is that, you know, they show you all parts. So there's the crime and the investigation, there's the victim's family, and then there's the political machinations, that, okay. that relate to the crime. It's a multi-level so, Exactly. Yeah, they yeah, all do yeah. it that way. All the Nordic that, that's like what Nordic Noir is. Right, right. Um, is, is like this multi tiered, like you see all aspects of the crime and how it relates to the to the world. Sure. Right? sure. So it's really interesting. Marcello, though, is just a great example. They just refine it and hone it more and mm-hmm. more each time. And it's just so the other thing is, you know, she's she's having blackouts. And then all of a sudden, um I won't tell you anymore. But the okay. point is. Um, her husband's doing something Mm -hmm. you can probably Mm -hmm. guess what that might be and then people turn up dead and then she's worried she might have had a part in it it's great
1: Okay. it's It's great
0: great. so anyway I highly recommend Marcella and that's pretty much it for me I've been playing a lot of games which I'll talk about on the next gaming but Uh um, Hollow Knight man this game is great this game is great Um, and
1: I'll leave it at that what else you got for us um. Before I do Incredibles too, so I mentioned to you before we started recording. I just watched the whole Planet of the Apes trilogy, the mm. modern one, for the first time. So, um, friend Jacob got him like a deal on them on yeah. the blu-ray for, and he let me borrow them. yeah, it's just one. I, I don't know. I just like kind of missed in theaters. Like I, I'd seen the original and. I don't know if it was just I didn't know where to start or I didn't know if it was a full reboot like this and um and like and yeah I just kind of missed them in theaters but um, I know you said you had seen War for the Planet. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah. One. a friend of mine wanted to go and sure. I never do that I'll never okay. like watch stuff out of order right. but this time I was like I don't really care about any of them and he wants me to come with them, so I'll just go
1: I mean really the, having watched them all now you can still watch War without having seen the other two it's just you're gonna have a lot more context and I think like well he was there emotion- to explain it to me but, right. but I did emotion- miss the
0: emotional emotional
1: impact impact, you're going to have it more by why because it really is a beautiful trilogy as a whole it's I mean um, like I don't know if I would like put it on Lord of the Rings level but it's still I mean from a cinematic angle from a story how about Transformers the original trilogy well it's a tough is it as good as that it's tough I mean that's because those are high heights man those are I mean glorious cinema bumblebee made Um, me cry I'm just saying yeah I know that does not come on. Apparently, that trailer is supposed to actually be decent. I don't know. Like, the what? The bumblebee trailer. You know that. Oh, I man. saw the trailer. Yeah. Man. I mean, uh, apparently, people said it actually looks better than the main Transformers. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, I mean,
0: it looks like a more of a personal story. Right, right. It actually may explain my biggest problem with the Transformers. Period. Which is why the fuck are they fucking with humans? <laughs> they don't need us. They're badass robots right. on their own planet. Why are they, 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 they messing have, around with little get dinky, they
1: fleshy have to get humans? A cube, I the know, because, the, yeah, the, the cube, man. That cube. I know. But, um, so the play of the trilogy, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, I mean, of course I love Andy Circus, so the fact that, you, I mean, it's really the only, I mean, usually, like, even in sci-fi fantasy trilogies like that or big franchises, you know, the, a CG character like that can play a big supporting role, but for a character like Caesar to actually be the main protagonist of an entire trilogy and to be fully cg and bri- I mean, brilliant CT. Like I mean, to the point where he looks real. Like when you when they zoom in on his eyes, it looks like a person looking at you. I mean, it's brilliantly yeah. done. Andy Serkis' performance is amazing. It's just a really well told story overall. Um, Matt Reeves did directed um, Dawn and War, and then Rupert I forget his last name did Rise. Um, I think you would really enjoy Rise as well because that one is much more personal. It's Which, about wait, what's the order? Dawn or Rise? Rise, Dawn and okay. War. Uh, so Reeves Ra- did the last two. Yes. So Rise: The Planet of the Apes is Caesar's origin. Is that the um, one with what's his name in it? Franco, yeah, 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 I like yeah, him. yeah. yeah. I like him. Okay, Franco, John Lithgow are both in it. Um, that one is a much more personal story. I would say Dawn is my favorite of the three. I enjoyed all three. Um, but I would say Dawn had the best blend of. High cinematic action, but also a really engaging story, um, a genuine science fiction story, um, and War was a very satisfying conclusion for me. Um, I can see where it would be like watching it with- Just watching War. Just watching War is a lot, I mean, because like- It's really harsh. Even if you know, if you can have a friend explain to you the plot of the first few movies, you don't have the emotional connection to really- See, because that final shot in War was beautiful of Caesar's death. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, I mean, no, that's
0: dad, fine. I don't yeah. even mind that. That's a huge spoiler. Of course he's going to die, though. What well, am I talking I mean, about? Yeah. But anyway, so that... <laughs> sorry, that, guys, Caesar yeah, dies. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, yeah, to spoil yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every animal in every movie that was ever heroic <laughs> will die in a trilogy. Okay, so the thing that I have with that movie, with, with War, wasn't it just him dying, although that was sad, but that movie is... Devastating emotionally and I feel like why am I going through this now I'm not to say that that movie is not incredibly well done it doesn't mm-hmm. make you feel stuff it sure. does but watching Woody Harrelson devolve into a monkey to the point where he can't see and he's like oh That's no kind of kill me yeah. kill me that is not a real thing that does not happen it will never happen yeah. there's no reason for that to happen so I am watching somebody's well, but- fantasy concept of the most miserable shit ever. When people are dying from cancer and dying from horrible diseases, I'm watching this fake, weird, backwards ape disease. Well, but again,
1: that's the thing. It's... The, humanity does it to themselves, and that's why you see it that happen and rise when they create the virus. Basically. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. So that's far, like, that. Okay. That's the, kind of the point of it is like the... The kind of weird juxtaposition there is like they kind of did it to themselves.
0: Okay, so, well that makes a little more sense. It's not even a random still, though, kind of thing. Okay, it's but still, even oh, still, okay. they it's, invent this new concept to yeah. torture people with, so that I got to watch it. That movie was brutal. It's the whole fast. movie is in, like, a concentration camp, basically. The whole thing. The whole thing. It's, it's, whole not, thing.
1: A, it's not a light-hearted right. Why? I mean, no. for a summer blockbuster, but but that's why I think, I mean, again, watching the whole trilogy as a whole, it's really fascinating to see the kind of journey you go the on. The lighter it parts is.
0: must have been in other movies. The Mute Girl, yeah. the, the dead villagers, I mean, it's from front to back, I the mean, dead apes. Bro- My
1: kid is dead! I mean, every part
0: of it's miserable.
1: There's still some brutal stuff in the Where's other the happy ones, parts? Like, where's
0: the Uplifting parts of even any because every well, that, movie's got to have like you know ebbs well, and flows. It, that one
1: doesn't. Well, and it, it's just like you see it. I think most in Rise when you see the relationship between Caesar and Franco's character, uh, um, as they're kind of like uh, that before really the beautiful. apes are betrayed. Before, well, before the apocalypse and all this stuff. Um, yeah, but like, but that's the kind of point. It's showing like, oh, you know, what if kind of. Uh, you know, kind I mean, of I get it. Uh, the thing
0: if, is, so my my take on it from what I've seen I, and what I, you've I, told I me, is understand. It's a brilliant. Trilogy, yeah. I, it's just, I just didn't enjoy what I saw. I mean, I, that's you know what I mean? it's not enjoyable. Sure, sure. Although, wow, was his, Woody, his performance brilliant. Yeah, yeah, really like, is. that was one of the roles that I've seen him in where I was just like, this guy is more talented than I even knew. And, in, and everybody knows he's talented, but right. like, wow, is he talented?
1: And in Dawn, you've got um, Gary Oldman, uh, Jason Clark, Carrie Russell.
0: Would you um, say his is the best performance in the whole thing in the
1: whole trilogy? Yeah, I would say. So. I mean, aside from any Circuit. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Ray Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean, but there's some just really strong ones in yeah. the yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, cool. I would say Don is my favorite, but I enjoyed the trilogy. You role, like the but, middle? Like, yeah. That's
0: interesting. That's yeah. usually not what happens. It, I guess no, it is actually some, Empire. It yeah,
1: Empire. Like it's it's hard to do, but like. But as far as, like, just the trilogy as a whole, it's hard to make a good trilogy, too. So, like, yeah. I mean... And I thought it was a satisfying conclusion. I mean, not... Well, also, I get it. Not in a, like, happy... Yeah. You know, got well, lucky one. Also, you
0: have to justify the existence of parts two and three while also making a cohesive whole. That's what's sure, so hard about sure. getting a trilogy done. Yep. Is that you have to actually make it possible to be successful enough to have part two and then part three while also adding in the artistic merit that makes it a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I that's
1: why that. a trilogy is so hard. It's it's not an easy feat. Right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. watch the Planet of the Apes. That's eight, so why, uh, that.
0: anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to so, say something silly and just get you to react. Okay. I was going to be like, Avengers Infinity is so bad, and that's why. You know, I was just kidding. Oh, not <laughs> it's not true.
1: It's not true. Okay. Um, uh, so, I, so that's it before Incredibles. So All right. Well, all right. in that case... um you don't have anything else you want to share? Or? No, not
0: right now. We've okay. got a lot of blockbuster to get that's to, true. so let's yes. do it.
1: All right. Incredibles. All right. I'm not going to do like a full-on review like we Give did me a video, mini review. Let me a uh, mini review. So... Um, so the interesting, really interesting thing about plot wise, it picks up right where the first one left off fourteen years ago. And okay. So like, All right. um, I don't like. Have you seen it? The I haven't, one? believe it or not. But just does it? Is it that spoilery to tell me? No, it's not spoilery. It's just like I'm just sad that you have. To I, I have but it at I home. Am. I'm gonna watch it. All right, go watch it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just like the, I mean, they. Um, do you know the basic premise of the original? Not
0: really, so, to be honest with you. It's
1: basically there's a. Um, they live in a world where superheroes have been outlawed because, like, it's like a registration act type thing. Oh, wow. You know I mean? so, like, that's dark. Um, it's very No, that's the thing. That's the fascinating thing. Okay, so the first one has some really heavy themes into it. I mean, it's basically like a Civil War type plotline. Um, superheroes have been outlawed after the Golden Age and all this stuff because um, the government sees them as a threat, yada, yada, yada. Superheroes are basically forced into just mediocre society to hide themselves and so Mr. Uh, Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, just becomes an insurance agent. He gets called back into action w- with this um, mysterious mission, and it turns out to be a plot by this villain who's killing off all the old superheroes and trying to take credit for himself. Um, that I mean, the first one has some dark, heavy themes into it. So it's how does, how does really it fun. end without spoilers? Just I working. mean, they defeat Syndrome, and at the very end, um the family is kind of back in action because the kids have powers as well. There, it's like um, Fantastic Four time. They suit up. There's this villain called the Underminer. Which the fascinating thing about that. So the Incredibles has always been described as like the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. I've heard and, that. The Underminer is really a lot like um, the villain Mole Man, who is one of the original Fantastic Four villains. Awesome. And it's a really cool So in a lot of right ways, there. it's influenced by that yes. movie. Yes. Oh, gosh, yes, cool. yes. Um, And so, it ends right there. The Incredibles 2 picks it off right from there. Now, the movie as a whole, so I just described the Incredibles is a very, it has some heavy themes. I mean, it's got plenty of fun moments as well, but it. I mean, there's death, there's, like, government conspiracy, there's all these, like, Um, 60s set political themes and stuff like that it's a lot for a kid's movie you know I mean and I never really thought of it as a kid's movie even watching it as a kid a lot of people Um, yeah a lot of
0: adults like that it's one of their favorite movies of all time yeah
1: yeah. period it's one of Mark Millar's favorites yeah Um, and Incredibles 2 much more lighthearted in tone I like Um, it there aren't many like not really I mean you can see the villain coming a mile away there's you know no spoilers but like so it's not got the surprises of the first one but as far as like the movie that I was waiting for for 14 years, absolutely it was. I mean, um, it was tons of fun. The animation has evolved so much. I mean, it was great back then in 2004, but now it's to the point where like, just the stylized execution of the Evie Jackson sequence, the little tiny details from like, you can do a up of a suit and see just like the threads on it and the fabric and all these materials and so many things that come together um, Brad Bird is like I said, he's just like one of those modern auteurs that he only makes a movie every few years. But when he dies, he blows up. What was the life. last one? Tomorrowland was about. That was the only like un- kind of underwhelming. Uh-oh. I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad movie. It's just like, not as great as Incredibles, Ratatouille, Iron Giant. I. It's tough because Iron Giant. He is did my, Iron Giant. Iron Giant is my favorite animated movie of all time. Yeah. So. Wow. The dude's brilliant. And So this one was interesting because it didn't have the same kind of like emotional gut punch as. Iron Giant Incredibles, but it's still, I mean, how amazingly fun time from start to finish. Um, Jack-Jack steals the show, who's the baby, who get, um he has powers now, and it's beautiful. Uh, I find
0: little babies annoying
1: in these fucking things. Babies with voices. Yeah, but it's, not voices, but That's like, good. I mean, like, shape-shifting and stuff like and that. And he's just like... What <laughs> <laughs> is Jack-Jack... Don't hey, don't diss Jack Jack here. I problems. first of all, I don't but really yeah. know
0: Jack Jack, yeah. so I don't know him enough to to dis him. Okay, well. but like this little baby who's like belches and fire comes out of its mouth—is that really funny? Yeah, I
1: think it is. Okay, but, uh, all right, but, uh, and no offense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, and then like new character is Bob Odenkirk is there? Oh, I love Catherine him. Keener. Who um, plays
0: um uh, the 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 friend who is has the the very demanding wife.
1: Oh, Frozone? That's Samuel Jackson. Oh, I
0: thought that was him. It looks yeah, yeah. like him. He's oh, great. and it's
1: great. And see, if you see it at the Alamo, you get to um, the introduction is by Samuel Jackson, and he tells you to, to turn off your phones and don't talk to the movie. It's beautiful. Wait, wait. Is this, is it, like, sponsored by Alamo? Well, they, um, like, I saw it there. I mean, I mean you I, I, you haven't seen a movie there yet. They no. do, like, I mean, they're independently owned, so, like, they, do, they don't do the, like, stupid, like, um, pre-show stuff like, like where the, if, where, the, where, like you're stretch, where you're on a roller coaster. are on a roller coaster, and Coca-Cola splashes on your face. Splashes, and like you have student films about Coke and stuff. I like hate that. the student oh films about gosh. Coke.
0: I am so appalled by those. <laughs> the The best one probably is the one. Um, these are all things they have at like Regal Cinemas. The best one is the one where there's like the dude who's on a spaceship. And he's like, looks out into the audience. He's like, yo, give me your fucking drink, basically, with his eyes. And the kid's like, all right, here's my drink. And then he's like, chilling, eating his popcorn. (laughs) And then (laughs) the guy is in like, the cockpit, and he's like, yo, popcorn too. And then the guy's like, all right. And he gives him the popcorn. And then the dude's like, crunch, and he makes his eye roll. It's really obnoxious. And then he flies off. The worst one, that's the best one, as horrible as it was. The worst one, there's two really bad ones. The first one is the one where the We're distinct
1: student cinema here. So. They, they're horrible. Yeah.
0: I, I don't think you should be taking student <laughs> students and giving them like a job to make a horrendous advertisement and then like think that they're giving them a break. There's no break in that. Maybe there is. Maybe there is. But I of, just can't stand yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this they're one of them where the robot gets off and he's just like going and buying a soda. Right. They're so uninspired is the thing. Yeah. They're so uninspired. Like here's the plot of them. Plot number one robot is chillin' on his on his standee, right? He looks over and he sees people at the movie theater buying popcorn and soda. He's like, Boy, I wish I had some popcorn mm-hmm. and soda. He goes and buys some and goes and watches a movie. That's the plot.
1: There's literally one that's literally just a bunch of college students They're in the library, Wanna well, go see a movie and they go see a movie. I haven't seen that one, but yeah. that's even worse. Yeah. But then my least favorite one by far no, the robot one's pretty bad,
0: but this one's Which this one's, one's, one's the worst. The worst one is the one where there's this dude and he takes his girlfriend <laughs> yeah, up to yeah, the yeah, stage. Yeah. Yeah. And like then there's this like hot dude behind the counter pouring the soda and the popcorn and the girls giving him the eye. She's like rolling her eyes in this disgusting way at him. Like you're hot, baby, and moving her mouth like you were just moving your mouth and just like licking her lips and shit. And like and then like the boyfriend is like, oh man, there's like this sax music like, you know. And then the boyfriend's all dejected like, oh man, my girl wants that stud behind the counter and not me. And then she gets her soda and she takes this big, luxuriant sip.
1: We really need to change the title of this episode to like Rich's recap of the regal cinema student short films they she, played before she, the movie. She takes
0: this big, luxuriant
1: sip and then her eye roll is just like, oh, it's like
0: orgasmic, of this soda. And then and then, like she takes a bite of popcorn, rolls her eyes again, looks at her boyfriend like, okay, I've got my stuff. I'm ready. Let's go. And the boyfriend's like, oh, relief. Oh, she she wanted the popcorn, not the hot dude. Thank God. Like, it's the worst. This and
1: is more entertaining than any of them. <laughs> watching movies. By them. far. Yeah.
0: Yeah, of yeah. course. Me, As yeah. much as I hate them, I mean, yeah. I passionately hate them. Right. And, and the robot one and that one are the worst, too. Again, the one about the greedy dude in the starship who wants the, your popcorn and soda and he ain't taking no for an answer. Mm-hmm. The movie stops until you give him your shit. That one's the best. Because at least that guy's got, like, balls, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just like, yo, this movie ain't going forward until I get your popcorn. Like, that one's okay. Still sucks because they make him do horrible eye rolls when he eats and drinks. That's the thing about it. All three of them, even the robot, they make him like look like a jackass. Like he's like eating his food. And he looks like a jackass. Why do I want to go buy that food so I can look like a jackass too, eating it and rolling my eyes? That is not attractive. Anyway, I'm done. Okay, so I haven't too. seen the one Incredibles about. Incredibles is good. <laughs> I haven't seen the one in the in the library
1: library though. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. I bet uh, you that I, one's I, new. I, I saw that last time I was
0: there. Was okay, really so so uh, at at Alamo, At the Alamo they, they play, don't well, do
1: that. Alamo, they, so they work with Birth, Movies, Death, the website, um, so they do all their pre shows like, awesome. like Avengers, they did a whole recap of the MCU, um, same with Solo, same with, um, like, with this, they did previously on Incredibles, and then, like, did, like, Pixar's top moments, stuff like that, and then, yeah, when you get to the right before the movie... Add with Samuel Jackson. He says, "Hey, turn off your phones and don't talk during the movie, or you get kicked out." And it's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Okay, so, so tell me more about the movie. A lot of fun. Um, um, so tell me,
1: how's the soundtrack? Soundtrack. I mean, it's the same theme as the original, but like, yeah, I mean, a couple new scores and stuff like that. Um, but the, I mean, it just it, it's like one of those you just feel right at home if you're a fan of the original. They bring back the whole original cast. Brad Bird and directed it. Um, a lot of the same animators, and it's just like I said. First what one, are the
0: parts of it that make it so fun? So, like, the first one, you said there's a big yeah. surprise to it. You're watching the family dynamics are cool. Yeah. Is it the jokes? Is this it one the had adventure? Is it the adventure they're on? Is it a good
1: adventure? Yeah, I let, this one, I'd say the humor is the shining factor of this. So, so it's really this one Like, it, it's, it does a um, yeah. character swap where, in the first one, it was Mr. Incredible out on the missions and stuff, and, like, um, Elastigirl, his wife, is back home. This one, Elastigirl gets recruited, um... By this and interesting to to like end.
0: she's a last girl which is Mr Fantastic yes, so that's exactly. also exactly. a exactly subversion of and tropes And so
1: Mr Incredible is um, back home trying, he's like, yeah, honey, I got it, I'll take care of the kids for two, and like, you've got... It's hell. Uh, you've got Violet is going through boy problems, um, Dash is struggling, and it was cool, Jack-Jack has powers, so it's just, the scenes with them are that just sounds good. Like, so the
0: whole time, that's how it is? Not
1: like the whole Eventually, time, Eventually they're, they're like, back it, action they're in action. They're back in action as a family together, yeah, and like, you know, they have to take down a corporation together, all that. Um, but, it's just, yeah, it, this one is just a fun time from start to finish. I mean... But oh, like I said, the animation, the way it's evolved since then, the set pieces, the um, choreography—you see why it took fourteen years. I mean, part of it is Brad Bird made other movies in between, of course, but also like he had to get get that script right, getting the script right, and really getting the filmmaking right. So, did did this have
0: any like moments? Like sad moments, like the way that like the toys are going to be melted. No, not as
1: well. And I I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. I kind love of I have because, that too. Yeah, I mean, like it, it does in the first one, and it's perfect. And like in Iron Giant, oh gosh, it ripped your heart right, out. Right, right, But like, I'm kind of glad that he gave us a break from that. Yeah. So, so no, there really isn't any big like heart ripping moment Toy like that. Right. No, it's a very like this was like I mean people have described it as like the most fun second issue of a comic you could ask for. You know? Like, oh, that's I mean, a good so, description. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a really
0: good description. Yeah. So, what um this mission to take down the corporation? do they use like their different powers and in breaking into the facility? Is that the deal there?
1: Well, so I, uh, I cannot see okay. spoilers. if right. like right. I explain what
0: happened there. But it's the cool. But it's, it's cool. cool. Yes. All right. So, any uh, other yeah, thoughts yeah. on it that
1: I should th- that I should know to get excited? Frozone gets some really cool moments. because okay. Frozen's awesome. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's just the humor is really well maintained throughout. Love seeing all the voice talents back. It's just a lot it of fun. Sounds like it's just yeah. fun. It, it really so, is, is it like
0: yeah. an eight five or a nine seven
1: five? Probably eight five or nine. Yeah, I mean, okay. like I, whereas Incredibles not, is a ten. Incredibles is ten. Yeah, I mean, it's, is it's it not a ten? Master, yeah, I mean, okay. like uh, or maybe nine eight, but like, I mean, definitely up there. Okay. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, just a it perfectly fun summer blockbuster. You can take all that. Now, too. if you had
0: designed Incredibles two, what would you have done? And is it this Good question?
1: Oof, I'd have to think about that. I'm sure I've, I've thought about that. but I don't know right off the top of my the head. The point is what kind of plot I
0: overall have. thematically the the more jokey tone. Uh, is this what you would have done?
1: I may have gone for more like tried to like go a little more in the um, take picking off right from where it was and st- maybe not having as serious as the first ones, but still a little more. Um, if you were balancing like, the humor and was drama, you went a minute little a drama. A little here. more drama, like I because mean, like I said, this one I mean, you see the villain coming a mile away. Yeah. Um there's no real big surprises. I would have liked a little bit of that. I don't know really how I would have done it. Yeah. But well,
0: yeah, but, I mean, if you had sure. fourteen years, you'd have figured it out. You'd have figured yeah. something out.
1: But as far as what I was I satisfied, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Enough said. Um All right. at which the, point the it is time. Event. Let's do it. All right. So It is, at time of recording, June 24th. Okay. Meaning that it is the hottest part of the summer. Yeah. What do people like to do in the summer? Go see movies. Why do they like to do that? Summer blockbusters. Right. I was going to say air conditioning, but second reason, (laughs) summer blockbusters. (laughs) Right. That too. In that, along those lines, so summer blockbusters, I want to hear
1: where this trend started. I want to hear how it really took flight, and I think you might be able to tell me. All right, so... The 80s was really where the concept of the summer blockbuster stemmed from. This was the era of Spielberg and Lucas. Um, and as far as how, it kind of goes back to the 70s when these guys were starting out as more indie kind of filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we pop culture references the 80s all the time. Um, just in the, it's just an interesting time. 70s was more, film was much darker, grittier. Um, you had, you know, Polanski and the Coppola, Godfather and exactly all that I mean coming out with more darker stories the 80s it was Ferris um, Bueller's Day Off it, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it was a time well what's fascinating about the 80s we talk about all these blockbusters like they were just like pure entertainment like mindless realized, distraction but also like to kind of like um, inject heroism patriotism into American audiences when in reality they had more uh, kind of anti-reagan messages presented them you watch back to the future you're gonna see it you watch i wrote a paper about stripes with the bill murray i love Stripes. uh, great movie but and like you think that one is just like a dumb kind of comedy about like hey a bunch of idiots in the army and all that it has some really interesting kind of like um subversive messages in it i think that um kind of challenge the traditional i guess um view of patriotism and what that means and so but anyway like the but the blockbuster definitely became a thing in the 80s you had back to the future you had empire strikes back et all these things people were going to the movies for escapism um, for fun for sci-fi all these things and that kind of continued throughout the 80s the 90s were back to an era of indies that's where you had your kevin smiths and tarantinos and Steven Soderbergh, Coen Fiction Brothers, and... all of these pop up, yeah. and it was a really interesting time. With the 21st century, I think the most fascinating thing about the summer blockbuster is there are kind of two different genres, separate categories of it. Um, on the one at the early part of the 21st century, trilogies were all the rave. Right, you had Lord of the Rings, Matrix. Um, there was one of my I kind of like if we were doing another episode on like it, um, blockbusters, we wish had been made. J.J. Abrams wrote a Superman movie in the early two thousands. It was all set and ready. Um, M. C. G. was going to direct it. He hasn't done that much, but Nick like, G. um, yeah, that, oh yeah, boy, yeah. Um, there was, I mean, there was concept art for it and everything. I've read the script. It's um with a few flaws at the end. If they had been changed, it was. I mean, that just he wrote the script. It was intended to be the first part of a trilogy. It very much sets that up. Um, You're
0: saying it, you read the script and it's good.
1: I like a lot about it. I think I would have. I'd have preferred it. I mean, definitely has the only big thing at the end, for whatever reason, he thought it was a good idea to make Lex Luthor a Kryptonian. If he had just scrapped that, it, and it's very easy to remove that part of the script. If he had taken out that, I think it would have been a really great superman movie. Interesting. Um, I would have much preferred that over Man of Steel, personally. It's much less grim and darker, more classic Superman, but also modern enough. Um, but that was very much set up to be the first part of a trilogy. That was all the rave then 2008 comes along Iron Man beginning of the MCU now yeah. ever since then cinematic universes have been all the rage and what's really and not only
0: that but also Harry Potter kind Harry of Byer, to exactly that, that yes. the Hunger Games and all these other YA well,
1: filtered in YA and all that but even if you look back at the 90s for a sec the idea of a cinematic universe in some ways originated there because Kevin Smith's films were all That's intertwined true. Um, Tarantino less obvious but they he said that they are you know I mean like um, that, that Pulp Fiction, um, Kill Bill. Reservoir, Kill Bill take place in the same universe. Wow. Um, so it's really interesting there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith was open. I mean, he kind of like really pushed that concept in his own interesting. universe. So ever since then, it's been every... St- studios today don't want to hear what's your story. They want to hear what is your world that you want to create here. And that's... Uh, so like, for better or worse... That's uh, everyone is trying to build their own scenario. In many universe. cases, worse. Many cases, worse. Like I mean, the movie Monsters gosh, universe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or, I mean, I could go on. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, there's plenty of. Go- I mean, the DC one is kind of a mess. It's a rough, um, right? It's real rough. So, I mean, despite the tremendous success of the MCU. It's people think that, oh, that worked for them. Let's try to replicate Not that. Not to
0: mention, people have very d- differing views on Star Wars.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And what's going on there. Very um, much so. And, and even Star Trek, but especially Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Because Star Wars has decided they're going to be a yearly thing. Yep. And uh, Solo may change that because Solo did horribly. There's conversations horribly. about that now. What, yep. do you, what is the buzz so far?
1: Well, I mean, they're trying to like figure you know, out the, like what the hell happened. There was happened an article the other day stock. that said like Lucasfilm is reportedly putting their so their standalone movies like Kenobi and Boba Fett kind of on hold right now. The Ryan Johnson trilogy wow. and the um, Game of Thrones producers one are still go, but the other ones are kind of like they should just do the yeah, trilogies. Yeah. They really
0: should. Yeah, they really should.
1: That yeah. should be it. So it's interesting, but um, but yeah. So cinematic universes have been all the rage. But um so looking at all of that, the trilogies, the franchises, some of these on my list are standalones, you know, but um it's bit the twenty first century has presented some amazing blockbusters that are high quality cinema not only wildly entertaining, but also just renowned movies. And, and um, that, that
0: change things, that right. change the idea of what a film can be, right. that that entertain while also shocking, yep. that surprise for yep. me is one of the most important sure. things. There um, there's so many others. things that these movies can be now.
1: Sure, there have been others that are terribly mediocre. There have been others that are horrible. So yeah, we're gonna. So I we each picked out our top three um, and a few honorable mentions. Butters. Yeah. So basically, how we did this was like um, they, um, I, like I would say, April 1 still count, but it just had to have been released in summer, um, in either 2000 or up until now, um, and then some honorable mentions. So. Yeah. So, how do we? We want to start with number three. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Do you want me to go first, sir? Yeah, you do okay. it. All right. So, like, this was a tough list to make because it is tough. I just, have some like, honorable mentions. Some of these I couldn't make into my honorable mentions and are still some of my favorite movies. And, like, it's just ugh. It's a. But so for my first one, as far as something that, um, the history of its franchise aside, just looking at it as a single movie. What it had, the impact that it's had in the last few years, the cinematic quality of it, the way it uses CG, Mad Max Fury Road has yeah. been just like—is yeah. um, it on your top three? No, okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. Can you believe it? So that oh, okay. I have a huge right. screen at right. home
0: and I and, I, and right. I own it, so I'm going to watch it one day. But it, it's just such a sensory overload. It you gotta a, be in yeah. the mood for it. Yeah,
1: no, that's very true. Um I would say, I mean, that's the perfect description of it. It's, I mean. This out of all my movies on here, this has the most like simple plot. On I don't, I mean it's literally just like a guy turns left and there's a post-apocalypse and there's really there's hardly any dialogue throughout, but it's just the cinematic quality, the sensory overload, the way George Miller took what he did with the original Mad Max trilogy, brought it into the modern age, and just delivered this mega blockbuster. It's an astounding achievement. Yes. It's an
0: astounding achievement yeah. just from what I know about it, what I've seen of the footage. Yeah and and the success that yeah. it's had. Yeah. I it's it's unheard of. Everybody had every reason to believe that it was going to be the biggest bomb. Right. I mean, it's really gotten harder almost in this modern age to predict what's going to hit. I mean, like, you, I really don't know sometimes. Like I can't believe that was a smash.
1: I mean, especially like when you look at the Mad Max franchise as a whole, so the original one wasn't even popular. It barely made it to America. Um it people still think of uh, road warrior as the first mad max movie because that was the one that kind of like transcended american audiences um australia it became a huge success here um was one of the 80s most renowned blockbusters um and then beyond Thunderdome, i personally like i think it well and i think a lot some of the ideas in that and the designs really influenced Fury road but a lot of people really don't like that one um, but Fury Road people went into that movie having never seen Mad Max never heard of George Miller and, and had away. their minds blown yeah um, others were huge fans of the franchise were blown away
0: I mean the guy the thing's got Tom Hardy it's got Charlie's Sterling yep. and it's got this this whole
1: crazy yeah, world yeah. I want
0: to see a new remake of Dune that's like done well, right you know that
1: um, the what's his face from Blade Runner 2049 is like a He's doing, dude. It. yeah. Oh, that's great. I don't know if that's I want to see on, that. I don't know if that's next on his list because he had several projects announced after Blade Runner. Um, but yeah, he's a. Am ta- um, I, I always forget his name? Yeah, his horrible. name is hard to pronounce. Yeah, yeah. Um Mich- Demi Villano- Villanueva. Villanueva, thank you. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, I don't know when or, like, what kind of budget I was am game get, but for that. The yeah. one I
0: think Mad Max, I think Dune, and I really want to, like, watch it, because the world-building in that. Like, yeah. I, I recently went back and watched, um, um, what's that one about the dude who's a, who's a, a runner? Um, um, it's got that dude in it. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, um, and he's trying to, a, he has to run away. There's this ceremony where everybody floats to the ceiling, and and gets taken away, and then, like, people run, though, because they don't want to... I think um,
1: I've that Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm just to, awesome. Oh, my God, I just can't think of it. Okay, I just yeah. can't think of it. Anyway, go we'll like ahead. Yeah. I will will look at um,
1: it. But, yeah, Fury Road just transcends so many things. It's just a beast of accomplishment. There's, you know, the guy with the flaming guitar. There's oh, arrows God. flung in the air. There's all these practical effects that are beautifully mixed with modern CG um and just battle sequences that will blow your mind. The, one of my favorite shots is when um you think you're looking at a mountain and it's actually Tom Hardy is like buried in the sand and he stands up and it's just like oh, man. mythic in its presentation. Charlize Theron is She steals the show in that movie. I mean like even though Tom Hardy is like Max, she I mean um Furiosa is just the icon and the uh, main centerpiece of that movie. Um it's uh, I just could go on and on about it. But yeah, that was twenty fifteen. I still remember seeing it come out and you know, we without that we wouldn't have Logan. We wouldn't have I mean, um and that was the other thing too, like Oh my I, god, you just inadvertently taught taught me. Logan's Run. Oh Logan's Run, okay, yeah, yeah, That was it. Right. You yeah, just yeah, literally yeah. inadvertently yep. talking about Logan yep. did that for me. Awesome. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Right. And that was really my only fear of theory road was that it was just doomed for rip offs. But I'm thankful that it's actually, like, had... It's it inspired, really good story too. So you had Logan, um, Jeff Lemire's bloodshot rhyme in the comics. Um, there's an arc he does called The Analog Man, which is very Mad Max, very Fury Road. Um, he did that, like, uh, a couple of years after the movie. So it's just kind of reawakened pop culture's interest in this really specific kind of post-apocalyptic story. Um, but it's just beautifully done from start to finish. So... You know, and George Miller, fascinating guy. I mean, he went from filmmaker to, I think he's a veterinarian. I know he's a doctor. I think it's veterinarian. I can't remember. But, um, and now he's back to making movies, and it, dude, is just a genius. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So that's my number three pick.
0: All right. Uh, so I am going to give you my number three pick, and this is going to be one that is going to probably surprise you. Okay. Um. Pirates of the Caribbean and Dead Man's Chest in a tie Dead
1: Man's che- oh, wait, my favorite and- is
0: Dead Man's Chest okay. by far of all, all of right. them however Curse. those two films, yeah. Curse of the Black Pearl yeah. and Dead Man's Chest when it comes to summer blockbusters yeah. now if you were to take all the summer blockbusters and say what's your favorite film on uh, this list they may not be top three yeah, but as a summer blockbuster, they are definitively what I. Oh, uh,
1: that's fair. I mean, I. You know what I mean? Oh gosh, yes. I mean, okay. Curse of Black Pro was a runner-up on my. I didn't quite make it. Um, but it, I mean, I gosh, I saw that movie so many times. It's great. It's, it's great. It, it's, Those movies yeah. are
0: just. Uh, they're they're perfect yep. fun. You want to talk yes. about summer fun? Yeah. You want to talk about a rollicking adventure? Just enough stakes, but not too much, where right. it's a downer.
1: Perfect casting.
0: Perfect, fun, frolicking yep. cast. A love story. Uh, uh, Humor. Uh, uh, and reinventing a character. Going against all odds, yep. redefining a franchise, building a universe—you name it. Yeah, those films did it. Yeah. Um For me, Dead Man's Chest wins though because that one is the one that I think when I w- sit down and watch them, I think the third one's miserable. I have no fun. The third one's third.
1: miserable, and the gosh, the fourth one was just—I mean, I, I barely remember I the, the fifth the f- one. I remember
0: barely remember the fourth yeah. one. The fifth one, I, Dead Man. Third Man, one,
1: you're right. I mean, it, it just sucked all the fun and life out. Of it the was first two. it was miserable. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, oh, this is painful. The second Ooh, that's one, horrible. like the second one, not well as done from a storytelling perspective was the first one, but still just so much fun. I mean, the, that that what's, wheel what's that the, he's running in the the, effects, the, that, the stunts, the, the beauty. What's I always I don't know if you remember the character's name, but the guy who was the like villain in the first or like one of the British villains in the first one, and kind of like becomes yeah. more like like the the three way sword fight between mm-hmm. him and Jack and was it Will in that too? Yeah, like, think, Yeah, like yeah, I mean, it's been a while. it was just like I mean. It's kind of a ridiculous scene, but just god it was so much fun. You know? The
0: thing yeah. about those movies too is the 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 set pieces. Yeah. When you get to go to these worlds that they take you to, like the underworld and like there's that character down there and she's got all these like secret powers and they sail in the ship and you go into these caverns. The places those movies take you on. It's such a it's such a journey, and I, I you know feeling of discovery is one of the things I like best in my media. Right. I like to feel like I'm just like on this journey, yeah, of discovering things. That's why Avatar, while being one of the worst written movies of all time, <laughs> is just exquisite to watch. Right, because right. It's just this this epic adventure you go on, and I you know for that. I find that Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Man's Chest, just the first two Pirates films sure. in general, just are summer blockbuster masterpieces for me.
1: One of my favorite Disney memories, we went on a Disney cruise in... I guess this was... It was 2006 when my sister graduated high school. Um, and we got they uh, During... Um, the cruise, we got to see the actual ship that they used for Davy Jones's ship. Mm. the That was so cool to be. That's I mean, awesome. I mean, to be just it must like, have been huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been yeah. I mean, it's been a while, but we. I we got, I'm sure I can probably find pictures somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. That was nice. yeah. Oh, the architecture they do into that, like those. I mean, when you see Davy Jones that first time, it's just. Oh, it's really mesmerizing. So good pick. Awesome. Cool. You're up, bud. Number All right. Two. Do, you, do you want to do number two or honorable mention? All right. Number two then. Number mentions. two. All right. Cool. All right, so this one may surprise you. Which one I picked? Of the I decided to pick one from the Dark Knight trilogy, and like, so. Oh. Oh. Oh! I'm not picking rises. Don't worry. Oh like no! Gosh! no. Oh, yeah, my no, heart no, just no. fluttered. Yeah. My heart just. No, fluttered. but my for me, I always go back and forth between which one's my favorite of Dark Knight or Batman. They're both again. so good. They're both so good. But if I have to, really, I know. Well, I know Dark Knight is the more popular, but if I have to pick one that has the best storytelling, best writing, the best. Action, everything. Best about blockbuster. Nolan. I it's my number two blockbuster. Is Batman Begins. So. All right, I'll take um, it. I'll take it. So this, a good I mean, because like as much as it also
0: started it all. It started it, also it all. also redefined what yes. superhero movies could be.
1: It started it all, and like as much as I love Dark Knight and you know Legends Joker and all these things, I'm just more intrigued by the Ra's story of Begins and Ra's al Ghul. And the evolution the of how head. Wayne became Wayne. Right. How
0: that Christian Bale Batman came
1: to be. Who and he it was is. before Christian Bale did the, like, raspy, swear to me voice. Like, he actually had, like, a nuanced Batman voice that didn't sound like he was ripping his throat out when he was speaking. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, yeah, like, uh-huh. uh... <sighs> Uh, That's you perfect. Know, like, uh, like, uh, you're I'm, good at that. I'm not wearing hockey pants. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, there's my best Christian Bale Batman. Get back, your Joker. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, um, you know, you're gonna love me. Bane. Um, Bane. Yeah, Bane. Uh, like, and then That's Tom, Hardy, and then Tom Hardy's, you know, like, I was molded by it. think darkness is your ally, but I was molded by it, born in it. <laughs> and like, yeah, so, like, Bane sucks. I'm going to say it right and now. And I still, I mean, I will say I still enjoy Rises. I think it has some really great moments. In I have it, to see it but, again
0: because all I remember is just despising
1: I it. I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's what you said you had like a bad night that night. I did also. It, so I, like I was tired. Sure, and, sure, yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I just think Begins is the most cohesive of the one. It has the best dialogue, the best action sequences, the music is perfect, <laughs> the characterization. And it is more a Bruce Wayne story than a Batman story. But. I think that works. I think so that, too. Yeah. I think
0: that's uh, and whenever we get the duality of the two of them, right, right, and, and and what how the life of one informs the other and vice versa, right, that, that really plays, right, right. Even in rises, the parts that I remember, that is the best part of it is that interplay between yeah. his real life and his right and his uh, dark Knight.
1: and just that scene where um, he turns on the League of Shadows on the mountaintop and he has the big fight with Raish and yeah. uh, all the ninjas. Oh, it's just so beautifully done. Um, so, as far I mean, the one that put Christopher Nolan on the map, the one that still re, is a re, redefined superhero movies. I mean, I know people talk about Dark Knight as the one that did that, but this is what started it all. People just it don't realize how up. good it was. No, it, like, people yeah.
0: just don't think back on it, and, like, remember it like right. they should. I agree with you.
1: And I know, like, the Dark Knight has more cultural significance because. Well, the, the, the nomination what, for, The nomination, right? And, like, and of course Ledger's passing prior to the release of the movie all those things played into it was inevitably going to have a bigger cultural impact and it is a, still a phenomenal movie but I think Begins is just an inch better mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that's why I put it as my number two blockbuster of the 21st century
0: nice nice um, so for me I'm going to go in a very different direction yeah um th- the forty-year-old version—that's not my pick—but the forty-year-old version is a fantastic movie. That movie is. Kelly Clarkson. It's that that line's great. It's still funny. That movie, to me, the ensemble in that film just redefined what R-rated ensemble comedy should be like nowadays. And and the Judd Apatow uh-huh. school of film, and that movie had Paul Rudd. Yep. It had, um, what's his name? The. Uh,
1: <laughs> Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, Seth yeah, Rogen. Yeah, it, yeah,
0: yeah. it had, it um, had the Office dude. Um, my name is, my name Steve, is Crow. Yeah, Steve yeah, Steve Crow. Yeah. I mean, it had that. It just was this this Kevin amazing Keener. Catherine Keener. It just had this amazing cast and yeah, and and it just it it's it's a hilarious movie from front to back. And I very rarely, I'm weird. I very rarely laugh at comedies out loud. Yeah, that is
1: an out. But that's out loud one. I, oh, it's right, yeah.
0: Another see, one so like that. that, and one that I think did even more culturally significant things. And is maybe even funnier, and had the same level of amazing cast. Is bridesmaids?
1: Okay, yeah, that's a good. One. That
0: yep. movie yep. to me, and I, I very rarely do I rank a comedy up there with my top dramas yeah, and my good top one. actions. Bridesmaids to me is, and it also you know shepherded in, you know, the whole new era of female-led blockbusters, and 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 you know we're getting Ocean's Eight or whatever yeah. it's called now, and Ocean Six. What what is it? 8? Uh
1: it's. What did they call it? I don't know. It's, it's just female lead. Lead. I don't know. But yeah, that time, yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: things like that would never have happened if not for right, Bridesmaids. Right, right. Same thing with the female Ghostbusters, which was good and bad, but uh, still. Um, Bridesmaids then, uh, to me.
1: The one I liked was... Uh, what, what was the spy? It just called Spy. Yeah, that's that a great funny, movie, Melissa McCarthy. Same director as Bridesmaids.
0: Right. So those... Exactly. Uh-huh. So those film That film especially, though, that cast... Of those girls together. It they were bridesmaids, but not in a trashy way. It was very much everybody had their own persona. There's the super sheltered girl. There's Melissa McCarthy who's like strangely sexual and gross. Uh There's the girl who's like super like perfect that everyone like hates Uh but like kinda likes and kinda envies. Uh There's her, you know, um who's she's just Kristen Wiig is brilliant in that movie. Even as an actress, just great. The comedy's hilarious. There are two scenes in particular that I don't think I've ever laughed harder. Number one is when the girl gets the slug tattooed or the worm mm-hmm. tattooed mm-hmm. on her body, mm-hmm. and that's another person, Rain uh, Wilson, not Rain Wilson, Rain um, the one in uh, Pitch Perfect. You know that girl?
1: Oh, uh, Rebel Wilson.
0: Rebel Wilson. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, 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 her. She is so talented, and that was like yeah. her real coming yeah, out. Yeah, that was a yeah, when yeah. she gets, she's like, "It's a
1: worm,"
0: and <laughs> it was just one of the funniest things I ever heard. There, the whole interaction between them as roommates. Um, the uh, that other dude whose name again, I'm having a terrible name day. He was in Moon Boy, he's the love interest male in that. I know, uh, you know, the guy good, I'm talking yeah, about, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Him, he's so good. Um, he was also in Family Tree, like I can name every freaking movie, I just can't think of his name today. Um, but that dude, uh-huh. um, he's so good in it. Um, even her mom is uh-huh. good in it. it it's just it's a ensemble, it, yeah. it is, it yeah. really is. But that scene, and then the scene where they go to the Brazilian steakhouse, get sick. <laughs> And Kristen Wiig is too proud to admit she's sick. And that girl is just like, you look a little little uh, hot. And she's uh-huh. like, I'm just hungry. I- I just, <laughs> and she's like eating mints and being like, hmm, see, I'm starving. And she's dying, but she's right. too damn proud to admit that she got them food poison. Yeah. At the time, I just, I couldn't stop Did laughing. Did you see it when it came out? Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw yeah, it in yeah. theaters and then on video. And yeah, yeah. It is just hilarious. Well, anyway. And
1: Paul Feig got Judd there, it's fascinating how, like, I mean, they kind of the greatest two of the greatest comedic geniuses of our time um and it all started with freaks and geeks that's where i know which is creators. also brilliant great show and that's where so many of the rogan and franco started um what i'm the one that plays Lindsay, that's also in a lot of stuff um what's her name Johnny, i don't know Play. um something oh, oh, linda Cordellini. Yeah, yeah 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 um and then the
0: cast is um, Chris O'Dowd is that guy I was thinking. Okay, of. yeah, 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 um, yeah And yeah. the cast is Kirsten Wieg Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, Melissa McCarthy, Wendy McLendon-Covey, Ellie Kemper.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris
0: <laughs> O'Dowd right. and Jill Clayburgh. Yep. Those those are the main um, stars. Right. Thirty-two million dollar budget, two hundred eighty-eight million dollar uh, deal.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, gross um, surpassed, knocked up to become the top-grossing Avatar production to date. Yeah. Um, it was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, it was the first Apatow-produced film to be nominated for an Academy Award. But beyond all of that, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever saw. Yeah, What's-his-name okay, yeah. was in it. What's the guy um, that she's dating um, from um, Mad Men.
1: Oh, well, I'm John Ham. John yeah, Ham. Yeah, 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 I mean yeah, yeah.
0: that relationship yeah. where where she's like, I'm dating this guy named John Glass. Yeah. And then he's just like, <laughs> can this John Glass do this? And he does some really awkward sexual move <laughs> on her, and she like thinks about it for a second, like waiting for something to happen. She's like, probably, yeah. <laughs> it was just everything about it's great. Anyway, yeah. Bridesmaids number two, awesome movie. Good pick.
1: Cool. All right, so does that bring us to our honorable? It mentions. does bring us to right. our honorable mentions, you, I, and for
0: mine, I broke one of our rules. Okay, um, because I'm a little older than you are, and okay. there are a couple things that had to get referenced when we talk okay, about I mean, silver blockbusters. Go ahead because I saw it in theaters, and I'm going to use this one in particular. And my phone is dying. That's weird. Anyway, I know what it is, and it is Jurassic Park. Okay, the original Thanks. Jurassic Park and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are both movies that for me, I actually bought the posters and put them on my wall in my room and waited for them to come out. Yeah. I was that pumped. And yeah. then Secret of the Ooze, all of those kind of movies. Those, particularly those two though, those are good I wanted to be a movie director at that point in my life. Mm. I was sure, I was my, my school projects were all about Spielberg. Uh-huh. That was what I wanted to do. And it was Jurassic Park that made that happen. Now, To this day, I don't love Jurassic Park. I don't Uh think back and, like, oh, I want to watch that right now. Uh But at the time, it was everything a summer blockbuster needed to be. I mean, The spectacle and the cool concept and the dinosaurs. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying, I mean, especially at that time, it's, like, and I know I kind of, like, talk about the 90s as not, like, the era of blockbusters, but you you did have ones like that in guys park was kind of the penultimate one i also too i guess i just i mean i probably would have had a similar reaction if i'd seen it in theaters but for me it did, never had the same impact as like close encounters or like even tintin stuff like that some of the other spielder ones i absolutely love um but yeah he's just always had that impact on i mean um the ability to mesmerize capture the viewer's imagination whether you're a kid at heart whether you're an adult You have that Spielberg feel when it's blockbuster like
0: that. I'm also a big Crichton fan. a huge Crichton fan, in fact. Disclosure is one of my favorite books and movies of all time. Well, you've got that show on HBO, too, we love, but yeah. Right, right, (laughs) of course. Um, So, anyway, Westworld. Um, So, and the other one I would have to mention, because, again, it was my era, Terminator 2. Yeah. That movie is just mind-blowingly good. Um, As far as stuff that does qualify for our category, uh, Inception... I'd pick Interstellar if I could I really yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. that is yeah. a summer blockbuster even though it wasn't released in the summer sure. but it's the kind of movie that I look for when I think of a summer blockbuster sure. but Inception is second best I yeah. love that movie um, Ellen Page is a little strangely cast but other than that like oh, I, I like, like her, that movie I no I like her okay, too yeah. but it was yeah, yeah. just weird okay. um, just yeah. different it was an odd casting but, but, but interesting um, D- Dark Knight yeah. You know, Batman Begins, all of those things sure, are sure. amazing. Um, and then finally, Guardians. Okay,
1: right, yeah, um, yeah. Guardians
0: is tons of fun. Right. Um, I, I just couldn't believe... So, you know, I had friends that were really into, like, the original comics by um, Ab- 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 Abnett. Abnett and Lanning. And, yeah, yeah. And, and just there were all these colorful characters and when they announced there was a Guardians film I was just I couldn't
1: believe they were doing it I mean not even Stan Lee knew much about the the characters that they were doing Yeah, it was that, just amazing
0: yeah. I, I can't believe they're doing this movie and then they turned it into something especially with the director they got they just turned it into something completely original and sure. to take that risk I mean I, Kevin Feige deserves so much credit for going in that direction and expanding what the MCU the summer blockbuster could be. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is just so excellent. Uh, I agree with some people that say it's not as good on subsequent viewings, but it's still fantastic. It's still. Tons of fun. Um, So uh, my other final uh, pick would be Guardians of the Galaxy um, for honorable mentions. Okay. You're
1: up, buddy. All right, honorable mentions. So first up, my favorite J.J. Abrams movie next to Force Awakens, Super 8. I've got the poster right there. I've never
0: seen Super 8. Really? Okay, Is like Super
1: 8 I, really that good? It's one from... It's interesting because, like, some people hate it. Other, like, personally, I think it's... Is it Stranger Things? It's Stranger Things, but, like, it's really a Close Encounters remake. I mean, it, it's a very straightforward story. Um, you know, aliens, these kids, you know, playing with Super 8 cameras, making movies during the summer. And it's a love it's letter to being a kid. Very and- love letter to Spielberg. Um, all these things. But it just I mean, it's Abram, so he does that so well. The nostalgia factor, the Spielberg love letter, um, the cinematic effects are great. Why do people a not cast. like it, the people that didn't? I guess it like like I know Cliff doesn't like it. Um I guess it's just like if you I don't it's over there behind where is it? Behind the Luke action figure over there. You can get a little idea of my room. The other Luke. Sorry. Oh, my God. That
0: that gives you an
1: idea. (laughs) The other Luke action figure. That gives you an idea. Not that Luke. Not the Return of the Jedi one, but yeah. Um, But I guess, I mean, it it is very sentimental, but, like, it's the kind of sentiment I like where it's not forced. It's not, like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to rip your heart out just to rip your heart out. I didn't know Kyle
0: Chandler was in this shit. Yeah. I love him. He's
1: fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... I don't know, for me, it just hits on every note of that. Like it's got, I saw it uh, like, and it was like the perfect time to, I think I saw it, let's see, that was 2011. So what was, I was, I guess, yeah, I was in between junior and senior high school. So like, I was just summer on full, I was on vacation. Um, It just like captured my imagination. It was tons of fun. Um, I still enjoy it on repeat viewings. Um, It just, yeah, it just, I mean, if you like Abrams, it has every bit of his qualities that he's known for. So, it's always one I just continuously go back to. Um, nice. Aside from that, so, my top MCU movie, I'm just going to pick two out of the... Um, yeah. Out of the, so, Guardians, the, for reasons you already said, pretty much of just, like, pure fun. And just um, the, the, the amazingness that it, they ever made it. Yeah. The, I mean, like, taking these super ragtag Eaton characters out in space that even comic creators weren't that familiar with. I mean, because the Guardians of the Galaxy comics go back a long time, but that team was like, yeah, the Abnet Landing stories only started in like 2008. So they were not that old before. Um, I mean, Star-Lord and Drax were long existing, but that team did not exist until much later. So just the fact that it was made. But if I had to pick kind of like, for me, the penultimate, MCU movie of the since its beginning. Um, I don't even really disagree, but Civil War for me it would be nice like, as far as one that captured the action, the story, the stakes. And I know, I mean, I and agree that, ridiculous that like. ridiculous villain hanging out on a picnic table <laughs> talking about some nonsense that makes <laughs> no sense. Him? If it helps, <laughs> I really. I, he I, wasn't I really, the point. I, I know like that. your. He's ins- not the point. Well, if it <laughs> helps, I like your MCU movie picks too, a lot too, like Dr. Strange and. Um, Thor Ragnarok, I both watched rewatched recently. I still enjoy them. Oh, good. But I think Civil War just uh, for what I mean. No, no, there's no question. It's there's
0: no question that it's an impressive movie. Right, right.
1: And then for my last honorable mention, what is still one of the best superhero movies, like not MCU and not DCU, but just phenomenal story that I saw three times in theaters as a kid. Watched many, many times since. Raimi's Spider Man too. Um, Oh yeah.
0: I figured Spider Man had to come in. Yeah, of course,
1: yes. Um, I love Surprise, Tom Holland. it's not a... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Tom Holland. I love, you know, that he's in the MCU now and everything. But Toby will always have a special place in my heart. You mean Creepy and Maguire? Creepy Maguire. Yeah. That, that wasn't until Spider-Man.
0: Did so. you know... You want to hear about something really creepy? Oh. There's a movie that I saw. It is called... Molly's Game. Okay. It is based on a book... About her, she's a person who was an Olympic skier, downhill slalom or something, who then became like a guy, a girl who ran po- like high stakes poker games uh-huh. in Hollywood and made like a fortune at it, and then got found out by the FBI and blah blah blah. It turns out, one of the biggest players in her high stakes like illegal poker games was Tobey Maguire. Really, he's hmm. like a sketchy poker guy. Huh. Like That's that weird. blows my mind. That's that I, I think yeah. of him as like this creepy yet wholesome. Like, yeah he's so like, actually like look, a poker shark.
1: You listen to the commentaries, I and mean, he just sounds like the. Yeah. he could play the dopey dad in an 80s movie or something like I that. I
0: don't he dislike just, him. He just reminds me, he, him and Jake Gyllenhaal have a certain something yeah, together okay. that I yeah, see as like a stalker.
1: That Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and, and then I just
0: see Toby with his camera, and it's just like <laughs> the picture comes together.
1: Um, Especially because Spider-Man 2 opens with the giant billboard shot of Mary Jane. On the end, him staring at her and all that. So, yeah. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. with
0: his glasses, right, he's just right. like wide eyed with right. like, oh, Mary Jane, I right, love her right, so right. much. Right. I want to cut her in my Spider Man costume. All right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I mean, you know, it's hey, a, no, again, it's they're valid. great movies, it's but valid. he's a little creepy. It's just valid. a little creepy.
1: He's valid. Um, but yeah, Spider Man 2 is still my favorite of that. And like, I mean, for me, tops a lot of MCU movies. Yeah. Um, just that's, has, which is impressive to yeah. say because those mean, are, they came later. They're so much more advanced, you know? But it's just like, perfect villain, perfect love story, um, good dramatic tension, good humor. Um, I mean, the action and Special effects. you know, obviously it's evolved since then, but still for the time, pretty revolutionary. Um, and I've always been a big Sam Raimi fan. So. Nice. So those are my honorable mentions. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Uh-oh. All right. Does, Does that bring us to one? the main event? I want to hear yours Is first. there any way we have the same number one? No. Okay. Um, my number one... Is Minority Report okay? Yeah,
1: um, I think it was tough not to put it on the list just because I mean, it's not my best science fiction one, but like, it's, I just can't believe that, so that that's things. not
0: anywhere on your list, not even honorable mention. Well, really? honorable mention,
1: but like, we had to pick like three, it was tough, but like, it def- if we could pick like five honorable mentions easily, yes,
0: so it's like your eighth or ninth favorite.
1: This is hard, man. Like, know. Uh, like I mean, I don't get wrong. I love, love, love that movie, but
0: Minority Report is the best example of speculative science fiction uh-huh. technology and concepts yep. in a summer blockbuster. Yep. That movie and its idea of Agatha and these precogs and this little ball that would come out and give you a name yeah. and these people that are basically Blade Runners but not for androids that go out and like, try to do enforce pre-crime. Right. I mean it's just so fucking cool. It's a brilliant movie. It's from brilliant start to Tom Cruise who I don't love as a person sure. but I love as an actor. Like I love him as an That's actor. That's probably is, my
1: favorite crew performance without a doubt. He's yeah. so
0: fun yeah. and cool and and intense. Yeah. And God, he's just such a good actor and 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 I don't mean like Oscar winning, I mean great to watch, and right. fun right. and and charismatic and just everything and you're just you want from, from
1: that you feel his emotions throughout yes. that Yeah. When you think that that guy at the end is the guy who killed his son, you want him to beat the crap out of I, them and I, throw him out a window. It's, but, and then he turns out to not be, and then the it, it can twist at the end. So many things going on there.
0: It, it's just... That movie is just... It couldn't be better. Yeah. I, I don't have any problems with it at sure. all. I love it. I love the tech. I love the cast. I like the the visuals. I like... Oh, I just like yeah. everything about it. So everybody's heard me rave about my report right. report before. But I think from... The main thing is like... Take a movie like Inception. That movie's brilliant. However... Do you remember the little wrist things? Have I bitched about this before? I think I have. Probably. So there, the, the technology in Inception literally comes down to a suitcase with little tubes coming out of it that go on a wristband that in no way inserts into your body. And that is how people do mutual dreaming? It makes no sense. It is the – like for – so if you look at like – It is the biggest disparity between great movie with great concepts and, like, lo-fi technology that I've ever seen. It's just... It's like they're wearing a, 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 a nausea band. And that's, like, making them do, like, like join dreaming. It's crazy. I really hate when movies drop the ball on the tech. It bothers me. Okay. And, again, it, it's very insignificant. But, like, even if I'm watching and it bothers me in person of interest, it's always bothered me that, like, he just, like, taps, like, the side of his face for, like, his, like, earbud. Now, since then, there have been, like, things invented that are kind of like that where you kind of just tap your ear and it can tell you tapped your ear. So that's, like, fixed it you know in in retrospect for me so I'm okay yeah. with that but those wristbands man oh they they still bother me but anyway inception's on my list man I love that movie I'm yeah. not complaining I am complaining but I'm not it doesn't ruin any of it for me <laughs> But Minority Report is so much richer and better for that's how right. good that tech is, yeah. and and don't forget what everybody talks about for Minority Report that screen,
1: yeah.
0: where you move everything around. It yeah, was yeah, the yeah. best at inventing that that forward thinking concept of the way that future computer screens will be. Right, just genius. Yeah. So
1: well, see that's why I rank Minority Report uh, higher on my science fiction list, but actually my favorite blockbuster though Inception. So like uh, I mean so. That's my number one. Whoa! uh, Whoa! So here I
0: am ripping on Inception. What a weird
1: pick. What I'm... I'm not going to argue that... I love Inception. Don't get me wrong. Well, that's the thing. So I'm not going to argue that... Um, the sci-fi is way better in Minority Report than it is Inception, and like those things, I mean, I guess I never really like, thought about, but I mean, yeah, that's a valid criticism. No, I just but, not even a.
0: It's not even a criticism. Sure. It's just something that bothers me when movies don't take the.
1: Sure, time. sure, sure. That's such a minuscule thing. Sure. That said, though, when I think about the perfect blockbuster that mesmerizes me from start to finish, that has some of the biggest bombastic action sequences I've it ever seen, that transcends. Like it bring you know it was it, like I remember when it came out they're like James Bond meets the Matrix that to me is such a watered down description of him I, mean, I know they have to sell that as like in an advertisement and stuff but like it is so much more than that it does this awesome world building concept it has level upon level of dimensions playing out in one scene. That's exhausting, but also just mesmerizing. An awesome
0: open-ended ending. Awesome
1: open-ended ending. That, that last five minutes still gets to me every time. The way the music perfectly coincides with DiCaprio getting the past the airport, going to see his family, it just gets, oh, it breaks every time. It just like soars me after this kind of exhausting adventure the whole time. And now he's finally reunited with his kids. All these things happen the action is perfect, the concept is like, the fact that they were able to do that in a mainstream blockbuster just illustrates how, because I feel like if that were done at any other, t- I don't know maybe, I, I'm trying to think, what well, would have been harder for wait, wait,
0: was Batman Begins one of your picks, one of yes. your four? Uh-huh. So you have two out of four of your, wait, two out of, two three. Out of three of Nolan. your summer
1: blockbusters are Nolan Does that really surprise you though? <laughs> that seems a little heavy It's hard not to, I mean, let, I mean that's look, heavy I'm, bro it was hard not... But again, it was hard not all to right, like the, right. like make this list, though. Okay. But I don't know. when I get, like, every The variety time I hit watch, your honorable mentions, but yeah. Yeah. Every time I watch that movie, I'm just blown away by the fact that it was made for mainstream audience. Because yeah. you can really... Can you think of a... It is I'm really to niche think of, like, I'm trying to think of a, if it would have been harder to make Inception a mainstream movie... Before that time or after? Like, which would be it, like. It,
0: it was after Dark Knight. Yeah, before, it was two th- before uh, Rises. It, it wouldn't have happened. It
1: wouldn't have happened without the Batmans. Yeah. No question. Right. No question. Right. And so just the fact that he was able to make this super trippy, surrealist, heavy sci fi. Did it do well? Kind of, oh, it blew, blew away Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was only a year after Dark Knight, so people were on Nolan Hype and everything. Um, and I mean, it had a huge cast. It had, I mean, it had a lot going for it. Even if people didn't get it the first time, mm-hmm. it was still... Oh, it blew away the box office, yeah. Probably, I mean, I'm sure not as much as Dark Knight and stuff, but still, I mean, it was... It do, was you,
0: uh, do you like Memento?
1: Yeah. I think it, when you look at it, it was more almost like a test on right, audition almost for Inception. Um, like, it's really interesting. For Inception? I think so. I mean, Isn't it kinda, about
0: telling a story in reverse? I
1: don't get... Yeah, but I mean, like as far as like Nolan's ability to kind of do a really trippy mind-bending mm, kind of narrative I see. um yeah i mean like uh, but inception takes that this mind-bending narrative combines it with some of the best action sequences i've ever seen some of the best performances from an a-list cast it's dicaprio's best performer or one of his best maybe there are a few others that are contenders but um tom hardy is brilliant in it ellen page michael kane i mean you name it um oh gosh i love um uh, why am I trying to play out name? The the guy that plays Robert, and it was Scarecrow and Batman. Um, Killian Murphy, mm, um, he's great. Yeah, there's just so many. Th- it's just stylistically, story wise, performances, cinematography. My favorite Hans Zimmer score, I think, like better Rival than of, uh,
0: Interstellar.
1: Well, Interstellar is a really good one too. It's. it's I mean, it's that's of one good. of my
0: favorite scores of all time. Oh, it's a, no, so. it's.
1: A, I mean, it's really close between those two. But like, and that's the. I'm glad I didn't have to compete with Interstellar on this list because it's since it didn't come out in the summer. What is the pick? Remember, wait, what? What is the pick there? We've we've rated them before. I forget so, what you oh, said. I think I put Inception inch above, but okay. it's so, but it's so hard because I love both of those. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, Inception just really reigns for me as like the, what a summer blockbuster can be. That it can tell a mind bending narrative that. You're right. Does have like flaws to the sci-fi, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think that's easily overlooked by just how compelling it is. Yeah. the concept and just you see these like entire billboards and um, surfaces flipped upside down, and you know the fact that he made some of those, so many of those sets like by hand, didn't do CG. And well, I mean, he's he's all about that. Right, right. He's all about
0: like really making right. movies for real. Right. He's like the uh, the rebirth of. Uh, Citizen Kane, or yeah, as well. oh yeah,
1: very much so. So for me, it just it highlights everything that Nolan is capable of and can do, and yeah, it just I I mean, I'll tell you
0: oh, one thing. When I saw the preview for that, I, I it's one of the most excited, excited I've been for a movie yeah, ever, yeah, Because that concept of and watching like him sit down with Ellen Page and then all of a sudden like say like uh, they they start and right then the whole place just breaks down, yeah. It's like what right. It's like when something b- blows your mind and is cool. Right, right. It's, it's you know, because it's very easy to blow somebody's mind and then have it just be like, oh, you blew my mind because that was some stupid shit. Right, right. Like, you know, but when it's something that turns out to have, like, a good basis and a good story and be mind-blowing and yep. mind-expanding, yeah. that's when you really have something. I mean, just looking at that that poster, it's like, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's the city and then, anyway. Yeah. It's the city and then, like, the city. And then, like, there's also the city, right? And then, like, we'll but, like but, like, but it's your dreaming, but, like, you're not, but, like, you are, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, nice, nice, so nice. What my list. What, yeah. a, what an interesting, I cannot there's believe list. there's we two, two Nolans. Get I get can't, believe, to to can't believe there's two Nolan blockbusters on the that that list. Dude, does
1: that really right. surprise you? Uh, is I Nolan your you favorite know? director? Has that been established? Up there. Like, uh, it's kind of a toss-up between, I'd say, him and Wright and a couple of, I don't know. Okay. At least in modern day, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right, but all right. It's always a tough choice.
0: It surprises but. me a little that it was so heavily weighted towards Nolan, but um, yeah, I'll take it. But I mean, it. I'll so, accept
1: if we had five movies, it would be a lot more diverse. But three was hard to fit pin down. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because because of the fa- because of the Batman factor, right? And then also Inception, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, there were no Peter Jackson summer movies because that would have been hard. To, then it would have been very So let's
0: Batman. say that Lord of the Rings one was a summer film. Where does it go?
1: Well, uh, Lord of the Rings, or all three, just or just one, because three is the best one. Well, which one? Well, but when were in, they released? Um, two thousand three. No, no, oh, no, right, no. two thousand one. But all yeah, like, December. Yeah. All December. Yeah, they were all kind of. Five. But if like if any of them, oh, they would have definitely been on the list if not number one. Right? Any of them,
0: even yeah. Lord of the Rings one, which is the worst of the three, Two Towers, or is one
1: worse? Maybe two towers a little, but it also has one of the best battle scenes in the entire trilogy and in cinema, so it's... it's like, <laughs> oh, it's in Florida. cinema, huh? Yeah. Come okay. on, the Helm's Geet battle? Do all not right. remember that at all? Vaguely.
0: Vaguely. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't make no Speaking impact
1: Speaking of, ooh, one. I'm, I know we're, since we're done with that, like, as far as what we'll be watching, so Mortal Engines. I don't know if you've heard about this. It comes out this not December. Not
0: really? Uh, what is that? Wait, wait, wait. A, is that a book series? It's a
1: book series that's being made into a Peter Jackson movie. He's not directing, but he's he co-wrote and produced, and basically one of his protagonists Oh, it's steampunk. Yeah, very steampunk. Very, not like,
0: very uh, steampunk. Steampunk. No, it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but Hugo Weaving's in it. And, like, the trailer kind of gives away the plot, but I don't really care. It just looks really cool. Um, but basically one of his one of the guys who's done visual effects for the entire Lord of the Rings, trilogy and king kong and all the other peter jackson stuff he's directing it so even though peter jackson isn't directing it he's co-written it produced it trained his protege as dra- they put it here it. as yeah. they
0: put it here from the filmmakers of the right. lord of the rings and exactly. the Hobbit. sure right. it's all that it's very much like the next evolution of that yes. oh wow So that
1: comes out in december very excited about December
0: that. 14th yeah so it says tom is a 20-something londoner who's uh-huh. only ever lived inside his traveling hometown um, and his feet have never touched grass, Motherland. His first taste of the outside comes quite abruptly. Tom gets in the way of the masked Hester's appeal, uh, attempt to heal, kill Thaddeus Valentine, a powerful man she blames for her mother's murder, and both Hester and Tom end up thrown out of the moving Traction City and on their own. Sounds amazing. Period. There. What's yep. Peter Jackson doing? Why does he make shit anymore?
1: I mean, still been, I mean When Hobbit was Hobbit? Hobbit? Hobbit trilogy wasn't that long ago. And he, I mean, his movies take longer to make.
0: What's he doing now?
1: Well, I mean, he's doing that, and, then, and no, he's not
0: doing that. Though. What's he directing? Is what I mean. Oh. oh,
1: I mean, I heard at one point he was going to direct like a couple episodes of Doctor Who. Um, I'm still ready for a Tintin sequel. I don't know what the place development. Oh, of that you is.
0: told me about that, and I never got to it. Yeah, you told me how good Tintin was. Did it's he? Good
1: stuff. Did he direct Tintin? He co- he produced it. Spielberg directed, but they were kind of both. I mean, they were both on set every day. Oh, I see. And kind of, um, Edgar Wright co-wrote
0: it. Oh, he's yeah. doing an Untitled World War One documentary. Uh-oh. There we go. Uh-oh. That it's going to be on the blockbuster list next time, man. <laughs> <sighs> That's great. Well, hey, man, that was fun. That was that a was blast. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, Anything and, else you'll be watching or reading <sighs> upcoming? There's stuff. so much stuff. I I am gonna get back to Westworld. Are you caught up on it? Where are I'm you? Like that? two episodes behind. Because uh, yeah. I
1: because I getting watching behind. on
0: the trip, but like I'm way behind. So yeah. I'm like four or five behind. Well, so season, when we catch up,
1: season finale is tonight. So we got. Oh well,
0: we'll, we'll have, I have to catch up soon. Yeah. Because I want when we do finish it, we'll have to do a whole rundown of the well, whole not season. That. I mean, you're what, I'm pretty well, you're, far. I'm like the fourth episode fourth at the fourth point. or fifth. I mean, yeah. but, but
1: it's only ten episodes. Yeah.
0: It won't be too hard to catch up. So I'll be watching Westworld. Yeah. I wanna go and watch that show um, Reverie looks really cool to me. There's Heard so much it. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's so much stuff. Um, I have a bunch of video games I wanna play. I got a bunch of books I wanna read. I'm gonna read Trillium now that you recommended it. So. I'm reading through finally Lazarus, like in depth.
1: Oh really? I'm okay. loving that. I know I remember you picked up some ones Yeah,
0: last and and, yeah. and, and and straight up it's time to read Descender. The way you keep talking about it, it's time.
1: Dude. Like like after the that's bullshit just like all of your allies.
0: F the bullshit, Descender, it's time. Yep. Um, so that's going to happen uh, this week. Um, and on that note, you can check us out at thejoyofgeek.net. Yep. You can check us out at thejoyofgaming.com. You can check us out at thejoyofgame, right?
1: Yes. And uh, the Joy right, of... I'll be honest, our social media feeds are not updated. By yeah, us. our social they media feeds are follow us on Twitter. Like, I, I yeah. tweet a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, follow us. It's just... If I wasn't working for a website for the day, I'd have more time to <laughs> update the. But after staring at a computer all day and updating, we'll get better videos, about it. On that. We'll get but, better
0: about it. But hey, we're um, always
1: putting out podcast content. So,
0: right. That's you know, right. That's yeah. where you can find us. Um, I am at Rich Lapore. Lots of tweeting about E three recently, and uh, even a little Bachelorette to uh, to uh, wet your appetite to check out that feed. Um, where can they find you, Kev? You can find me at K
1: W Shafe on Twitter. I tweet all my. How do you spell Shafe? S C H A E F.
0: Nice. Um on that note, I am Rich Lapore. Kevin Javer. And we'll see you soon.
1: Take care.